What's up, everything? It's pandemic episode two as we begin our second week since the pausing of the NHL season. We've reunited in a group smaller than 10 people to discuss what this new, albeit hopefully temporary, reality means for the hockey world. More importantly, we're hell-bent on having the same amount of ridiculous and idiotic fun we usually have. So let's get started, and let's go Center for Disease Control. One Cup Podcast Quarantine Edition. Mm. It is Friday, March 20th. We are united, but in a very small group. Only, only two of us. one of us has coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> so we should be fine. And we'll stay that way, I'm sure. That's right. Not contagious. That's exactly right. Uh, no, are we, we six feet away? <laughs> give, or, give or take I've heard three, three feet. three, and we're three. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I've heard them both. I've heard it both ways. Uh, we're here. It is uh, the second week that we have been without, unexpectedly without, NHL hockey or any sports of any kind. It is a strange world that we live in, an important world. Everybody stay healthy, all that. When was it? Was it just last Wednesday that the NBA mm-hmm. put their league on hiatus? Uh huh. And, and then the, the next day, day we did our. Or the NHL. We put, we, the put, NHL we, put we put them on notice. <laughs> yeah, it's felt like a lot longer than that. It feels mm-hmm. like it's been like a month already that there's been no hockey. And also, for being someone that's passionate enough about hockey to have a hockey podcast, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm also like... Which means we are better fans than yeah, you. Yeah, we just are. Just start, I mean, start a podcast, yeah, then you'll be, right. a, you'll be a real fan. Right. <laughs> um I kind I I miss it, but it's not gnawing at me as much as I thought it would. Uh, I'm not like dying, like where the fuck is hockey? I'm like, oh, okay. I think it's just weird. Like, it is weird how much I've just accepted it. Yeah. You know? It's like this is where we are as a whole as as a whole society, and I other everything. The the weird thing is for me, other than you know not really going out much. Most of the other things in my life are the same because mm-hmm. I'm still working. I've worked from home to begin with, so. You know, that's not weird. I, I'm going out less, but it's not like I wasn't going out every night before, you mm-hmm. know? So a lot of it's the same. But then it's like no sports at all. Mm-hmm. What Have you tuned into ESPN at all? I have not. They're airing a lot of old classics. Okay, I was going to ask what they're 30 doing. 30 for 30s, and, I've under, and I'm taken to understand that they're going to start airing WrestleManias now. Really? Because <laughs> cool. I guess, like content um i've heard nbc sports network is going to start airing um different like categories of games different mm-hmm. kinds of games in terms of when it comes to hockey like 
all of Monday is Game 7s in the playoffs, oh, yeah. and all of Tuesday is Winter Classics and stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. You can tune yes. in for that. I know ESPN is doing the Ocho this weekend. Nice. They're going to do like real weird, obscure sports, which may include Kavadi. And folks, if it does, tune in. Get ready. you got to be ready to be Kavadi'd. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, this is going to be an abnormal podcast because no games no hockey not even an off-season episode where we have theoretical hockey topics to talk about we have some and we'll touch on them but Mm -hmm. uh we uh you know we're it's gonna be all over the map and uh if you want to be along for that line congratulations here you are you've you've done your part you paid admission at this point all you have to do is not do anything the Mm. the phone or other listening device will take care of itself and that's to our cat listeners out there who I know are paying close attention. They don't possess thumbs. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think it's important that we reiterate what we said last week. Our three rules are our three rules of whatever we are. Are you going to count them now? That's right. Well, you know, you got to do the five to stop the spread of disease. Mm-hmm. I don't know what those five are. Washing your hands, sneezing into your elbow, and three other things. Uh, <laughs> but, but these are new rules. That's right. Oh, much like much like Tulipa. That's what you said. Yeah. It took me a minute. You know, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not very tuned in. So yeah, one, don't pick up the phone because it's probably covered in germs. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No. How often do you wipe your butt with your phone? You know. <laughs> I mean, in these days, yeah, you, you might know, have anything to. Anything that's in read. <laughs> anything goes, folks. In these times. So yeah, for us, it's just it's it's more important to laugh than to be uptight at this point because everyone's uptight if you're one of those people who's not uptight and going to daytona beach uh stop being an idiot yeah tighten up a little we're not going to convince you otherwise so whatever uh so we're going to be having a silly goose time that's our primary focus uh in pursuit of that Though, we're going to try and not actually talk about coronavirus all that much because, you know, that's scary. (laughs) You know, it's a pandemic. (laughs) We're against it. We'll say it. We'll be the first podcast to say it. We're anti coronavirus. Yeah, we don't like it. (laughs) I'm sorry. sorry. I want the coronavirus, the virus itself, to die. That's right, yeah. yeah. I'll say it. Eradicate I hate it. I hope it goes extinct. Me too. I hope it does. I hope a little tiny microscopic meteorite (laughs) lands on the coronavirus planet (laughs) that exists (laughs) and kills all the coronavirus. The coronavirus version of the, that's not the Big Bang, whatever it's called when the uh, dinosaurs all went extinct, except for my pet dinosaur, but we can't let him out of the closet yet. Uh, But you know, on rule number, rule the third. um, Rule number three. There's... Coronavirus is kind of the whole world right now, so there's only so much we can do. So if it does come up, remember that everything we say about it is speculation and opinion or, you know, poorly researched opinion. And if we're saying it, it's probably wrong. So please, anything you hear from us, don't take it as fact. Assume it's incorrect and go and research it elsewhere. So, mm. you know, those are the big three rules. Do we feel covered? Are we are we insured from... Uh, you know, malpractice <laughs> from lawsuits i have uh you know if I, someone I, wants to sue you they will find a way so <laughs> i work in the stock market world now and i've memorized some of the like 
disclaimers you have to type when you say, hey, this stock looks interesting, but I am not allowed to tell you to buy it, Mm -hmm. you know, which is something along the lines of uh, all trading involves a substantial risk of loss and past performance does not necessarily indicate future results, you know? (laughs) It's the trading world's version of the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. (laughs) But, I mean, way heavily on the advertisements. But really consider how great this ad was. Also, what's the alternative? (laughs) Also, Brown and Crouppen does, like, videos online. Have you seen this? Do they? Like, instructional videos? No, (laughs) Stephen, no. Like, like fun time videos. Like, this guy's making, making cereal and ice cream treats. And this guy and these guys are trying out a restaurant in St. Louis and like reviewing it like it's like But they're like Brown and Crouppen lawyers. Yeah, yeah, it's like the guy we sat with. That's fucking Terry Crouppen. He's out there. <laughs> His old ass is out there and he's like eating sandwiches and telling you how great they are. Our buddy who barely knows who uh, Connor McDavid is. Yeah. I like it. I'm down with it. Um, oh, oh you why don't you watch a few videos? after this yeah, I was and then you say, can tell I was me. gonna say for the first time in maybe two guys one cup history this podcast might end at a reasonable hour and so we're gonna go out and that's how we'll spend our evening I've got Pokemon to cut that's, that's true that's very important uh we do have some blues news which was unexpected but exciting uh the first the actual news news which goes beyond the realm of speculation, is that uh, McGing makes his mark, as you put it here in, mm. in alliteration. Oh, you'll like, you'll like later bits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, uh, Hugh McGing, who was a 2017, 18, fifth round pick, 18, I want to say. It probably says it. It probably here. says it. 2018. 20... <laughs> 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 Off to a roaring start. Uh he signed a two-year entry-level contract. Don't know why it's two-year. I guess because he's a college player. Um, um, I like Hugh McGing a lot. He's very tiny. He's tiny by, like, tiny hockey player standards. But you know what? He's feisty. And he plays hard. He skates really fast. Uh, and he's exactly the kind of player that if he makes it to St. Louis and if he plays on the Blues, I think I think Blues fans will absolutely fall in love with because... You know, he doesn't let his size hold him back in any way. He's kind of like that early Vladimir Savotka type, even mm. smaller than that, I think. But like five foot you know, nine, just like yeah, exactly. But just in my head, he's like five three, right? I mean, <laughs> by, like, by comparison, like, everyone else, sort of yeah. Is. Um, but you know, he's like he's still like he'll fight you, you know, and he'll he'll throw his weight around and. And I like it. Uh, he has been playing with Western Michigan University, where he spent the last four seasons, and he's posted 46 goals and 71 assists in 147 collegiate regular season games. So that's what, about 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 points per game? Not bad. Not mm-hmm. too shabby. Uh, and in this last season, he had 13 goals and 22 assists. So he will be assigned to the Springfield Thunderbirds. Got to get used to Sweet. saying that, one assumes. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited, you know, cause he had, this was his last year of, of eligibility and you're trying to build an AHL team. So even if he doesn't rise above that level, you've got another dynamic, interesting player to watch at that level. How do you feel about this signing? Yeah, I'm glad that we signed him because part of me thought maybe he was never going to sign with us just cause he's a college player and he's smaller and weigh your options. And maybe there's a fun Eastern conference team that wants you. And I don't know how long we would have been able to keep keep his rights like mm-hmm. he might have had to I sit out for a year oh really yeah. okay 
So yeah, for, part of me for some reason just thought that he was going to go somewhere else. I don't mm-hmm. know why. just seemed like that was what I had in my head. But I'm glad he's here. Like you said, if he's as small as he is, if he makes the blues, like you said, then he's going to be dynamite because it's just that much harder to make the big leagues mm-hmm. when you're under under an average male height most people like we yeah. said in hockey are going to be six foot probably minimum yeah. minimum at least Vladimir Tarasenko does not look like a, a particularly tall guy out there and he's six foot so imagine someone that's whatever that is three inches shorter mm. than him yeah and probably shorter <laughs> even than that you know because oh, yeah. I mean they are generous with height and weight oh and, and, I, oh, and I was just like I'm probably also like 50 pounds lighter than Vladimir oh, yeah. Tarasenko <laughs> yeah, 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 who's yeah. a fucking truck yeah for so sure so I I have high hopes for him just in terms of I hope that he has a really good AHL career to start with. And, you know, maybe we'll see him as a call-up. I never thought Mackenzie McEachern was ever going to crack this right? squad, yeah. like, ever. And nothing against him. I just assumed he was one of those guys we drafted. And I'm like, eh, you'll be around and then you won't be or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised that he was even played on this team last year and he played very well. So. And he's playing, he had been playing this year. Yeah. And, you know, he's a fourth liner, but he's mm-hmm. a good fourth liner. Yeah. So. That's the thing with McGing too. If you're that small, you could you kind of hope, and it's you kind of hope he's a skill player, and it's going to be that much harder for him to crack the lineup. Not just because he's small, but because you kind of have to be a skill mm-hmm. player, and you can't really be much of a grinder when you're yeah. that small. You can be. You can, like you said, be a Vladimir Saboka type. Um, yeah. But that's going to have to be him changing his but game. But let's hope he's more of a Paul Korea type. Oh, there mm, you go. Let's hope he's exactly Paul Korea. <laughs> I think you got it. He's our Paul Korea, who we already have. That's right. Uh, also, you know, we tweeted about Hugh and being excited to see him sign, and he liked our tweets. So, mm. really, it's just wins all around. It's a great kid. Great kid. Friend, fan of the podcast, fan, we can a say. Fan. He's yeah, a most so. certainly number one fan. That's right. That's very right. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, related news from the hockey world, uh, the collegiate hockey world. We have a potential Perunovic pitting <laughs> question mark. As a lot of you will know, Scott Perunovic, who was our 2018 second round pick. Man, 2018. That's right, baby. Uh, he uh, was a player at the University of Minnesota Duluth, which is how far from St. Paul? Like four hours south. north. North? Yeah, Duluth. There's is... four hours to go north from St. Paul. Oh, Stephen, the, the state of Minnesota I'm, is very tall. I'm incorrect about where St. Paul is, too. It's, right? it's, I mean, it's almost, it is touching Wisconsin practically. Okay, so it's like. But it's also like. Maybe two hours north of the Iowa border. Okay. Okay. So it's like on the eastern border, though, or... Oh, the Twin Cities? Yeah, that's... Okay. Like I said, they're practically touching Wisconsin. Okay. 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 Yeah. But okay. Duluth is off of uh, Superior. It touches like Superior. I see where it is. I see where it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's a whole lot going on up there. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of it. That's uh, a lot. Way up north is where... Um... Wouldn't it be weird to be on Lake Superior and be on, like, we're on the Forgotten, you know? Like, really? You but think it's that... the biggest one. Do you think it's that's not the Forgotten, forgotten but it's not Michigan, you know? See, to me... To me, Superior is the biggest, obviously, because yeah. of the name. But it's like, uh, you know, it seems to me like it's Michigan and then the other ones. All and right. then Michigan, Erie, Superior... Ontario and then Huron. See, Huron is, is the yeah, one I always Huron's forget. Huron's the one that's like Huron's that. like the shitty Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, what a weird geographical feature to that have, is to have, of the planet. To have lakes in the middle of your yeah. continent that are like 
as you view them, the size of the ocean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. nuts to me. Like, that's ridiculous. It's it's quarantine episode two, folks, and we're already talking about geographical features. Next week's episode, we'll name our ten favorites. I was like, can you, what's your favorite butte? <laughs> we'll, we'll, dis- we'll discuss later on. Stick around <laughs> after the break. <laughs> our favorite buttes. Um, but yeah, Scott Perunovich is a pending college free agent, I think. In theory, it would have been sometime in July, I guess maybe July 1st, when he Mm. would have become a free agent. I don't know what becomes of that. Um, Or maybe, no, maybe just after the college season. I think it's after the college season, because there's a lot of times guys are getting signed by teams, and I I don't know, I think you might be able to put them as like a black ace. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if... um, that is interrupted because of the um, interruption of the NHL season or because the NCAA season was just canceled outright, right? Yeah, so, like it's over. I, don't, I mean, obviously, you know, why they're being obviously signed. Obviously, they're not just free. I don't know. So, But in any case, uh, Jeremy Rutherford tweets that Perunovich's Instagram post sounds as if he's signing. And if you look at Score and Scott, which is a, gr- a pretty good Instagram handle, uh, he tweeted, Forever grateful for the boys, the city, and the program that made it possible to call this place home the last three years. These memories will last a lifetime. Love you forever. Duluth and Jeremy Rutherford added, cautioning everyone, myself included, we should be careful to read too much into it, considering the circumstances of everything going on. Tough ending to Perunovich's season and thanking everyone is pretty common. So maybe maybe some action, maybe not. I really want us to sign Scott mm. Perunovich because that's, he's like a he has evolved into a hey this kid might be something into like he'll be the top college free agent this year mm-hmm. um you know and he's still there's still question marks about his all-around game and his size but there's no question he's a very vince dunn type elite puck mover mm-hmm. um and you know sure we've got vince dunn i'd like to have too or even if you trade him for something, yeah. like I'd rather have him as a an asset mm-hmm. and something to you know put on the prospect pyramid, uh, than you the, know emotion of the prospect right. pyramid, which is still here. I mean, it's you know getting erased over time, but it's still <laughs> it's here. Disheveled. Uh, it's true. It's in terrible shape. But yeah, I re- I mean, I'd really like us to sign Scott Perunovich. Mm-hmm. That's not saying much, but I hope it's done. He would bolster our defense core if we can just parcel out the signings one at a one a week, <laughs> so that we have some some solid Bread, news to talk. Bread about. crumb us all the way <laughs> right. to whatever the fuck Until you're gonna do with August, this season, uh, which will be our next topic of discussion. But yeah, you have any thoughts on Perunovich? And... He's he's a lefty, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he really is in the Vince Dunn mold. Small, lefty. Does he fight? Does he perhaps uppercut people's necklaces off their face? That's that's very (laughs) done. But yeah, like you said, I don't know if there's necessarily room. There is room for both of them on this team, but if one makes the other one redundant, and then, like you said, it's just an asset you're able to move and get something else you need. And we do need help on the left side coming up anyways with this team. So the more competition on that side, the better, I think. Because you don't want them people feeling safe. You've got, what, Gunnarsson over there, Bo Meester, who, I mean, we said at the time, and you can say now, too, probably done. Like, 99.9% done. Uh, Bortuzzo, who... He's definitely not coming back if there's yeah. any sort of lingering coronavirus. Oh, God, no. Oh, you know, yeah. 
I mean, if I don't think they'll start the NHL again if there's a real big concern mm. of that, but if there is, like, yeah, he's got to stay away. So you have Bortz over on the left side who you really just don't want playing regular minutes, or I don't. Um, and then you have Mikola. I don't trust. Who's looks good, but you just you don't know yet. It looks yeah. good in his five game stint. I don't trust Robert Bortuzzo to guard the press box. <laughs> Frankly, so I definitely don't want him playing more regular minutes on the ice. Oh uh, no, he cross-checked one of the he cross-checked the guy outside oh, God, the press just, box. He was just bringing nachos, Robert. Oh, no, Robert. No, no. Oh, you gotta clean up this mess. I wish they'd cut to him doing that. You know, and just everyone's sitting in a suit, and there he is, like throwing someone against a wall. It'd be great if they did one of the like uh, blues. You know that one of those ads that they do for mm-hmm. like the Bennington nervous ad for but it was him as like the press box guardian like if he had the sense of humor to do that you know that would be say, funny. no it doesn't because as he saw showed last week or last year with zach samford he has no sense of humor the blues just won the cup they're the darlings of st louis and if you put a robert bortuzzo ad together half of the fan base <laughs> would be like who the fuck is That's robert so bortuzzo so did we true. just trade for that guy um, yeah, I'm glad that we got Prunovich, or that we hopefully are getting Prunovich mm-hmm. signed. I think, I mean, a- anything could happen, but he had that, anything and that happen. whole article from Doug Armstrong was very, like, back and forth between, like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to sign between, back to, oh, there's reason to suspect he won't, to, oh, he's definitely going to, mm. but he seems to really like Doug Armstrong, and you got to remember, the team, after he got missed if after teams skipped him twice in the draft, the mm. Blues liked him enough to print his name on a second round jersey, which never happens. So, to me, the fit is obvious. Mm. It's just a matter of is he going to want to be in the NHL immediately and be guaranteed that role, which he can get if he signs with a real crappy team. Mm-hmm. If he goes and signs with Michigan or Michigan, Detroit. I don't know where. <laughs> Might as well be as good as Michigan. Wolverines, yeah. <laughs> Do you know where in the country he's from? Prunovich? I want to say Wisconsin or Minnesota, but I'm not sure. I thought it was Minnesota. It might be Minnesota. He's a U.S. boy, though. Oh, yeah. God, if he signs with the Wild, I'll kill myself. Hibbing, Minnesota. He's signing with the Wild, folks. <laughs> <laughs> going Bill Guerin's way. Um, but no, I th- you know I think it's a great addition, and also listen, I don't, I hope that uh, I pray to God this isn't what happens. Hibbing because... is above Duluth, mm. just FYI. That's oh it's way up there. Holy shit! That part of, was it at any point part of Canada? Do you think? Uh, I'm sure for for a, points, a point of time, been, yeah, okay. at points Canada has invaded <laughs> and taken <laughs> Hibbing as their own. <laughs> We've fought over it for decades, uh, but no, with with Perunovic. Um, I certainly hope this doesn't happen, but if it comes time for the expansion draft and for some reason you have to leave Dunn unprotected, that's a great piece to have that you don't have to protect, mm. where you can say, hey, even if we lose Dunn, like, we've got pretty much a Vince Dunn clone and waiting in the wings. On a weird, on a weird side note, it's kind of interesting now that with the season, and I guess we'll talk about the next being over, question mark, <laughs> that now we're kind of, you can sort of mentally move on into the next season, mm-hmm. which is the last season we have before Seattle becomes yeah. the team. And it's like, wow, Seattle got here real fast. I remember when they announced that, it seemed so far mm. off. And now it's like, oh, we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it to me, it's like the flip side of all of this is like, if you keep Petrangelo, which is we'll talk about with salary cap 
uh, concerns to me is highly likely. Uh, I think if you keep Petrangelo Mm -hmm. and you have, you can have Petrangelo done Pareko Perunovic theoretically in the long term, that's like two great partners for both of those guys because they're shut down, but they're not necessarily, you know, they're not one way where they're defense only, obviously with either of those guys, but they're solid enough defenders that the other guys can be the more aggressive puck movers and stuff. It'd be really exciting. I don't know. I just want us to sign Perunovic. Plus we need Petrangelo, Pareko, Perunovic. Yeah, exactly. On the back end. Yep. There you go. And then you trade for Oliver Ackman. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so hopefully we get him. We'll find out. Ian, let's talk this season. Question mark? <laughs> uh, I think most of us probably recognize that there's not going to be a regular season resumption. Well, this is most certainly an irregular season. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> there's no regular seasons on the table anymore. But no, but I think, you know, as far as finishing the last 10-ish games mm. per team, not going to happen. Um, we're talking a delay into... I would say most charitably may mm-hmm. probably at this point. Um, because even if, you know, even if we do these two weeks, 15 days to slow the spread or whatever, even if that works miraculously well and we really flatten the curve, which I hope and think could happen, mm-hmm. especially outside of the major cities that are really fighting right now, um, <clears throat> you still can't have massive gatherings until it's really tamped mm-hmm. down. Until, and, until you know, because even if even if you tamp it down, you're not going to know for a couple more weeks mm-hmm. that it's really like, hey, you know, we've been at whatever, 40,000 cases for a long time now. We can probably like return to pretty normal life. And, you know, mm-hmm. and there's the hope that summer kills this off like it's killed other coronaviruses, virusy, vi- viruses. Viruses. Corona. I have a math major. Virus coronas. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, and there's hope for that too, but all of that, none of it's resolving quickly. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, any any sport is a very secondary concern in all of this. Um, So regular season, pretty much off the table to me. Yeah, I don't think they're coming back to play those games. I'm still... Not confident there's any resolution to this season at all. Oh, I still, yeah. My but, my biggest, where I'm placing my money is the Stanley Cup is not awarded and we start season 2021 in October, you know, and that's that. But the counterpoint to that, which makes these two scenarios we're about to talk about interesting, is neither the players or the owners want to give up the money from this season. True. And while they're losing, I mean, they're losing money regardless. That's just going to happen because mm. even after they restart, who knows how keen people are going to be to like jump right back into going to sports. I think most people will. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if, if we as a society feel we're queer enough to do it, then we'll do it. But yeah, um, people will be down to go out. Well, for sure. Yeah. But like, you know, people have lost their jobs too. So there'll be less money in the economy. So it's just, you're just not getting all your money back. Mm-hmm. But if you can get a big chunk of it, and if you can at least, you know, we were talking about the salary cap cap projections a while ago and the huge increase they're projecting. None of that's happening now. In mm-hmm. fact, you may be talking about a decrease. 
So if you can, you know, the most you can add to that, the most you can cut out of player escrow, which is a big concern. Uh, We can spend a whole episode just talking escrow, baby. People would love it. No excitement. Uh, But no, for those who don't know, and I'm no expert, basically the owners and the players have to have 50-50 money split, basically, of revenue, right? Mm-hmm. So if the owners only, you know, if the owners, if the total revenue is, I don't know, $800 million and the owners make $300 million, the players collectively owe the owners back $100 million mm-hmm. out of their contract, which is nonsense, but is the reality of the current CBA. So, um, you know, the the more money the owners lose, the more escrow is going to punish the players because obviously what they make is predetermined, mm-hmm. which is part of why this screws them over <laughs> and part of why they want to keep the salary cap somewhat in control because they get boned if it goes too high and they pay more than their fair share. And obviously that hurts players who are making a lot of money more than it hurts players who are making minimum or less money because it's going to be a percentage of the overall players. And I think they do some things probably where guys on ELCs have to pay less or nothing, you know, just because of the players union and all that. I don't know how all that works out, but the point is um, salary cap is a concern. And if they can restart some version of the season, they're going to try and do it to make that money. Mm-hmm. back as much as possible so we have two harebrained scenarios would you like to walk us through these two scenarios <clears throat> oh god oh god i'm out i'm gone oh, i've got the virus <laughs> i've only been feeling bluish for the last two weeks <laughs> well, you're probably not contagious anymore no 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 of course not so here i'll read a quick little excerpt from travis yost and by excerpt i mean his article on tsn.ca about what is What's been bandied about is the 24-team playoff link is, plan. This link is from Sportsnet. Oh, I know. I'm looking at a different one. Okay. okay. I just didn't want you to miss I want. I want to go to the, the leader. Source. I want to go to the leader of sporting news in Canada. That's TSN. It's mm-hmm. not Shield Sportsnet. That's right. Suck on that. 31 <laughs> Thoughts Podcast. Um, Travis Yost writes, so this is about the 24-team playoff scenario that I think some of you heard about. So this would be... Uh, the National Hockey League is reportedly kicking around a number of playoff ideas at the as the fate of the 2019-20 season remains uncertain. One of those scenarios could be the expansion of this year's postseason, should the opportunity present itself. It says, Sport Express hockey writer Igor Aranko didn't offer much beyond what's paraphrased above, but he did note that a 2014 playoff might include a playout round. I'm assuming he means play-in round, but whatever. One would logically conclude that the point of a playout round is to create the desirable 16-team playoff while simultaneously offering up a win-in, offering up win-and-in slots to a number of teams that were hovering right around the playoff outline, cut line when play stopped, because there were a few teams that were just a point behind the team or a point ahead of a team, mm-hmm. and I think in this scenario they're going to do point percentage because obviously everyone's played. An uneven amount of games. So there says there's a number of ways to construct a 2014 playoff, but considering the NHL's affinity for division and conference-based playoff formats, it would seem that the following criteria would be in place. 12 representatives from each conference, 
and divisional leaders have an automatic playoff berth. From there, you could slice up the bracket a number of so different ways. Baby. Yeah, well, I mean, we're obviously, we've won the cup again. <laughs> They've handed it to us for a second year in a row. Although, if it's by point percentage, maybe not. I think we're behind Colorado no. then. Yeah. So it says, the most logical scenario that could center on expanding the pool of wild card de- designated teams. In other words, if you're a top three team in your respective division as the time at the time play was halted you're already in the postseason like you were like you are as you were uh this leaves 12 teams to play into the final six slots there are obviously a number of mathematical questions for the league to answer on this as example consider the selection criteria for two teams in which a team or in which a team x has more points banked but b team y has higher a higher points per game pace it would seem logical that Team Y would be selected, but that certainly isn't guaranteed. So basically what they have outlined here is you would take the top four teams from each conference based upon their point percentage, they would get a buy, and then the other six teams, or the other, sorry, the other eight teams in that conference would then play each other in like a round robin or like in a best of three to play into the playoffs. And the playoffs would start as usual, maybe the first round of the I guess, quote-unquote, first round. Now that you're down to 16 teams would be a best of three as well to sort of shorten up the playoffs and get them finished quickly. But you don't know. I don't know about that. So what this would look like for the Eastern Conference would be Boston, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, and Washington would all have buys. And this would leave us with a Columbus versus Toronto, Pittsburgh versus Montreal, the New York Rangers versus Carolina, and the New York Islanders versus Florida. And then in the Western Conference... Say those again. Say the matchups again. There you go. You'd have Columbus versus Toronto. Yeah, because I'd enjoy watching Columbus beat Toronto <laughs> yeah, two out of three. You'd have Pittsburgh versus Montreal. Ooh. That'd be fun. Yeah. You'd have the Rangers versus Carolina. I think that'd be fun, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And then the Islanders versus Florida. Yawn, the one yawn, I don't watch. Yeah, everyone, everyone tunes out of that <laughs> one. And whoever wins that plays Washington anyway, so see you later. That's right. Uh, so let's see. Although Washington was really slumping, although does that matter anymore? I know. At this point, the season's been reset. <laughs> That's right. So then in the West, you'd have, again, I think they're doing this based on conference and not just on division. Mm-hmm. So they have Colorado, Dallas, St. Louis, and Vegas all with buys. Then you'd have Winnipeg versus Calgary. You'd have Edmonton versus Chicago. I mean, come on, Edmonton, just just skewer them, why don't you? Mm-hmm. That'd be, oh, that'd they be would, fun in that too. way, yeah. Edmonton's Woo. not good, but Chicago can't stop Oof. them. Arizona versus Nashville. And Vancouver versus Minnesota. Oh. Which, quite honestly, for Vancouver, oh. I don't like. You think so? I just think Minnesota just like shut down, yeah. like, oh, we're just going to win the game one nothing, and they mm-hmm. would, and it'd be boring. <laughs> and that would see us facing whoever won Arizona-Nashville. Anyways... Mike, you yeah. is not involved. No, no, Where's he? Philly, right? Philly. He's on the bench. So, an interesting thought. I feel thought. bad for Philly because they were like, right. Oh, on. yeah. They were, yeah. It doesn't matter no more. No. Might as well, might as well have been on a 10-game losing That's streak. Right. <laughs> or it doesn't matter either. Um, it's going to be weird. If there is any semblance of a playoff, it's going to be weird that they're all just picking up from go. Like... Yeah. It's kind of cool because you've never had a playoff where everyone is equally as... Mm rested healthy you know i mean other other than like season ending injuries everybody's going to be healthy entering the point like healthy healthy Mm. not just like okay to play but like healthy 
uh, you know, all that stuff's going to be real interesting. Yeah, I have a bone to pick with, like, the Steve Dangle podcast where they said that Chicago, and I'm defending the Chicago Blackhawks right now, but they said Chicago should have an asterisk for when they won the 2013 Stanley Cup because they're like, well, they didn't, it wasn't a full season, oh. and they weren't, you know, you're not as injured because it's 60-something games, and they're like, their point was like Toronto shouldn't have been in the playoffs and had that embarrassing Boston game seven loss. Yeah, because that's fun. Because they said Toronto shouldn't have made it that far because <laughs> we play a full 80 only, games, they'd never make it that far. Only a Toronto podcast could conclude mm-hmm. that they actually got screwed by making yeah. the playoffs. <laughs> they said we should never have made it because if you played a full 82-game uh, season, the they would have lost more games and never made the playoffs. But so the thing I was going to say is, you can't give, that was a little small aside they said it was like, oh, in Chicago, I mean, there's like an asterisk on that. Granted, that was only Jesse that said that. You can't say that because guess what? The entire league played yeah. less games. Uh-huh. So that's well, that's and what you're going to hear if we start the playoffs no matter what. We just start them in July and we play them and fucking, I don't know, Calgary wins. Everyone's uh-huh. like, well, Calgary won because everyone got was rested and no one was hot and cold and that's not fair. And it's like, no, it was completely fair. Yeah. Well, that's, and the, that's the fairest thing the, ever. I have two thoughts branching off that. For one thing, it would be sort of weird. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. Oh, died. no. Oh, my gosh. He went to a place. Um, I <laughs> think I just tried to shoot my soul out through my nose. Uh, yes, so <laughs> it would be kind of awkward if, uh, like, Arizona or whoever won the cup that Mm. year because then it's like okay it's not an asterisk that's still not the right word for it but like chicago won two other cups Mm. i think they're good i think they were just a good team you know Mm. like oh yeah yeah. i think they could have won if they'd had a regular season Um, and then someone else made a point too that the final four teams that year were all the last four cup winners so Uh it's like i don't think anyone chanced into that one either those were the best teams period but my other thing which is maybe a very hot take that maybe you will disagree spicy is if this if they end this with any sort of gimmicky like if it's a 24 teams that plays into 16 teams that's basically from then on like a regular even if you Mm. have to do three or five games for the first couple of rounds Mm. fine but if you do any sort of gimmicky like round robin tournament or you know and the nba is supposedly talking about just doing a march madness style like no, that's dope 32 for them. Yeah. which is dope for them but you do not award the stanley cup that way to me personally don't do it because I agree. it's it means too much I was joking with a friend because I troll him because he loves basketball and he defends it all the time. And I said, if you want to award a garbage trophy like the NBA championship (laughs) that way, be my guest. But the Stanley Cup means more. And I was trolling him, but I was completely serious, too. (laughs) Like, you can't, I'm sorry, you can't have the, like, the Lanny McDonald trophy and the trophy Jerome McGinley never got to win. You know, and the trophy that Alex Ovechkin fought his whole career to validate himself by winning. You can't just one-off be like, oh, but this time you had to win five games to get yeah. it. You know, like, I'm sorry, you can't do that. I agree. Invent I think a you trophy. Ha- do something, like, create something for you people. You have to, to win, have like, seven-game series all the way up to, to winning the Cup. Or award the President's Trophy by the tournament, and that's just how you award it this year. Because you can't really give it to Boston, I mean, I guess they will, probably, but you, can't, will. you know, but you can't exactly, but like, and that's still a meaningful trophy, mm-hmm. but like you can't, to me, I, again, if, if this, this is a 24 team, you still do basically a 16 team seated playoff, that's fine. 
I get it if you have to shave a couple of games out of it. But, like, to me, if it's some sort of gimmicky tournament, just don't do it, man. Maybe I'm too boomer. But, like, here's the thing. Imagine if if we hadn't just won. Mm-hmm. And imagine if we won this oh, yeah, year I wouldn't like and that it. was the way. I, would I wouldn't be, like it. I would be gross. That's why I don't, like, I don't, that's why I don't mind at don't, all what happens, really, because we already won the Cup, so who gives yeah, a shit? don't let the Florida Panthers win some, you know. And then nothing against them, but, like... Then everyone the, will just hate. They'll yeah. be like, well, you didn't win the cup. And then they have to live with that. Right. Let their first cup. All three of their fans have to live with that. <laughs> Let their first cup be the first Stanley Cup for the Hamilton mm. Bulldogs. <laughs> you know? Like, when they relocate, yeah. let them win the Stanley let Cup. Let them be their win. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so I think we're both in agreement that while that's interesting, it's not necessarily what we'd prefer, obviously. But I'm here for this oh, other one. Yeah, so the next one is fucking... <laughs> it's I think so the, weird. I think the next one's weirder. Oh, it's weirder for sure. Because it like hurts my brain to think about. The, here's the, the, I think it's more realistic, quite end, honestly. At the end of all this, if you want to put an asterisk... Well, you go ahead and explain. Yeah. You go ahead and explain. So... Per Jason, what is it, Mertitis, Mertitis, something, Mertitis? <laughs> it's Mertitis, okay. Uh, he says, per TSN Sports and Pierre Lebrun, Frank Valley and Darren Dreger, the NHL players and some of the Board of Governors are in favor of the following plan to some extent. Very interesting. Situation, obviously, Stephen. Very fluid. And situations have never been more fluid the, in my life. The NHL, well, that's true. Bodily and otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> the NHL players and some of the Board of Governors are in favor of this plan to some extent. <laughs> Look, so, like, they're really chopping this but, one up. Very fluid. Super fluid. Never solid or gaseous. Oh, no, no. Never pl- just, not a plasma. Nope. Not fluid. frozen, very frozen. Although I, although I'm think fluid is, I think gas is fluid, is it not? It's like liquid. Liquid's the difference. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> True. Um, so, this would be seeing training camp, which would be, I'm guessing, a week or two. You'd have players get back on the ice, practice with each other. This would be in early July. This would be after the draft would have normally occurred. This would be after when free agency would have normally started. They're going to host training camps in early July. Then the 2019-2020 season finishes in late July. Again, Stephen, they will be playing out the rest of the season still, and that will happen in late July. Then the playoffs will be August through September. The draft and free agency would just happen in October. And then the 2020-2021 season would begin in November. And all I have to say to that is, how the fuck are you going to do that? How in God's green earth is that going to even happen? Here's the thing, though. Here's the yeah. thing, though. I'm here for it. Yeah, you're going to get it's hockey not from... going to That's a whole year. You're going to get it from July year to of June. It is one solid year of hockey. Um... I'm here for it. I don't, it's not going to happen. It really isn't. Uh, to mm. me, that's like the wackadoodle. Like, this is the thing the NHL does where they say this thing and it's like, that's exciting and interesting. So throw that over <laughs> yeah. there. Throw that over there. Now let's find a way to get Chicago involved in the playoffs. Uh, uh, but. I mean, it. I'm interested. Imagine like Stanley Cup draft. <laughs> I mean, it's already that. Yeah. But like, bam, bam. Season. <laughs> and they're just like, they're playing again. You're I'm, like, what no, the fuck just that's happened? That's the real thing. Imagine you sign free agents 
It's like, remember when we, we traded for Ryan O'Reilly, we signed whoever we signed, Chad mm-hmm. Johnson, Pat Maroon, we did all that, and then like, we had to wait months, and even that little thing at uh, Ballpark Village was like such a big deal, because it's like, all oh, these people are here, we get to see them, yay, we get mm-hmm. to see the jerseys. Imagine if all of that was compressed into one month. Imagine like, again, what I hope we re-sign Alex Petrangelo, but imagine if that if like the Maple Leafs signed Petrangelo and you just had to watch that shit immediately. <laughs> there was no immediately put on at all. a Leafs and jersey and started playing. They scheduled them against us for the rest of, for the start of the season because they know. Well, they know. They'd have time to know. That'd be fun to like win the cup in September and then in November Alex Petrangelo's <laughs> just on another team. You're <laughs> like, fine. okay. Uh, what a what a zany time that would be. Like just hitting. October would October would be fucking ballistic in mm-hmm. terms of news. Like this guy's trade, that guy's trade, this guy signed, that guy signed, this one dude went here, this one guy went there. You drafted. It's fucking opening day or whatever. Like holy fuck. Yeah, I'm here for it. But also podcasting would be extraordinary. Yeah, let's do it. I'm I was like, we'll elevate it. it. The one weird Bring thing. Bring out the podcast injury, industry NHL. By the way, I don't <laughs> know about other sports, but I feel like the NHL actually has podcasting on lock a little. Mm-hmm. Like MLB is the other sport I'm most tuned into, and I know nothing about their podcasts comparatively. I mean, they've got like fantasy podcasts. I think because you have there has to be these other outlets for hockey because They're America, so yeah, America only has like I guess the NHL network, but also NBC Sports Network, mm-hmm. who also kind of doesn't so. really give a shit about mm-hmm. hockey, even though they're the ones that broadcast it. What I was going to say about this timeline, though, is. So if you're Florida, or no, you're not Florida, Florida. you're the Senators, mm-hmm. you have all the way off until July, you basically play in July now for a month, and then you <laughs> and then you stop until November. It's the weirdest, like, hey, 10-game season, you're obviously going to make the playoffs, see you again in November, yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? That would be bizarre for Detroit, especially yeah. like someone who's already completely out of it, like... Just like, Which why? I guess I guess Ottawa is too. Why am I here? Point, really. Well, the other team needs those points. <laughs> You're here to get dummy. That's what you're I, I feel bad. For, I guess. What if Detroit yeah. in that time went like eight and two? <laughs> oh, it's Boo. like our players have matured and we're a better team now. Oh, I don't want that. <laughs> so so the thing too is if you have sixteen teams and you eventually get down to whatever you are, your eight and your fours and your final two teams. Even though they're more rested than they would normally be because of these two or three months they're about to have off, they are going to drain themselves the same amount in playing for the Stanley Cup. <laughs> like they will have more energy oh, to no, burn, this would be and a they disaster. will, yeah, and they, they will burn all. No, of it. yeah, it's all done. It's not like they got any more no, rest. That's what I was going to say. If you want to put an asterisk on the second of these two Stanley Cups, do it. <laughs> yeah, because that's where you put your asterisk. Because that's when. The, I can't even think of a team random enough, the ninth best team in Canada wins the Stanley Cup. That's that's when the Canadians break their streak. Oh, yeah. Or or the Wild. Some random show where it's just like, we managed to survive. Because everyone else is so damn tired. Yeah, that's when you learn which team has the best trainers and doctors. Oh, my God. That would be so bizarre. Um, In all reality, I think no Stanley Cup is awarded and we just start in October. Yep, after all that, wah, wah. baseball <laughs> going to get us through when it starts in, like, July. 
Jesus. There's like, we're going like three months without sports. Yeah, folks, this is just the tip of the iceberg. That's right. WrestleMania is in an empty venue, folks. Get ready. Ian's excited. Ian's going to be great. Is this, okay, is this going to be in their training facility? Huh? We have WrestleMania in their small ass training yes. facility. Oh. Yep. I mean, I know. And they'll have seats set up, but Ian, the seats will be empty. <laughs> I was really, I knew it, but I really wanted to be like, where they in Tampa in a Bay sta- in an empty a completely stadium. Empty stadium. <laughs> that would be so great. I don't know why they couldn't. In theory, yeah. I don't know why it wouldn't matter if it was just a, you don't need anyone. If you to had stand. the same amount of small set, you know, or like yeah. small cast or whatever. Um, what a time! What a time to be alive! It, like man, I, I try and appreciate that every day, quite honestly, and not just like in lieu of or like in light of the fact that people are dying from this, obviously, yes. but just in the like. I told somebody this the other day, and I don't mean it to sound too dark, but, like, you and I were in fifth grade when 9-11 happened. And while I remember certain... <laughs> this is our 9 <laughs> Yeah, well, when I remember certain bits of it, uh-huh. a lot of it has been fed back to me. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, 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 of course, of course. But, like, in fifth grade, they didn't tell... Fuck, they didn't tell me anything. They were just like, Something, oh, yeah. something's happened, and also today, we can't play outside. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And I remember they shit didn't, just... They didn't even tell us something happened. Really? I think f- they were like heat advisor yeah. or some, some bullshit, you know? <laughs> but like, do you remember as a fifth grader, I remember like, like almost like an animal knows like something, their child is sick or, yeah. you know, what? something's what? happening. What? Yeah, what? I remember what? being in fifth grade and like, I've known nothing, but something's weird. Uh-huh. But that was it. And so, while I don't really want to say I wanted to experience it, you know, more, I do kind of wish sometimes I was like in high school or something where yeah. I could like remember it. And experience on a different level. Yeah, we're because it like, was like a very it was a I historic remember moment. it very queerly, but my memories don't mean much. Yeah, exactly. you know, like I remember coming home and my brother being asleep, and me trying to call my parents and being like, because I hadn't, I, I turned on the TV, mm-hmm. and that's that's when I found out. Yeah, and I called my parents. My dad worked at a law office, and he didn't come home, and my mom was a teacher. I guess they, you know, they didn't cancel any of the schools yeah. here, and so like. I was like, what the hell's going on? And they were like, isn't your brother home? Because he worked in a government office and he got sent home. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, he's asleep. And they're like, wake him up, figure out. <laughs> and like, I, that's all I really remember is like, you know, I'm sure as a kid I was scared and confused yeah. and frightened, but I don't remember any of it. But like to and, that, to the, and you know, speaking to that, it's like, I'm just kind of trying to take all of this in because I don't think hopefully, knock on wood, that we're going to have another virus in our lifetime that's necessarily like this maybe mm. towards the end of it or something but like yeah, it just the, feels the next one will be wiping us yeah it's like i'll be, we'll the, be yeah, in the danger I'll be like 70s um, um you know what i mean it's just interesting because yeah. i'm like wow this is not this is like and as to that extent too and i think they talked about this on the steve dangle podcast it's like 9-11 was a thing that affected the whole world but specifically like the western world and Mm -hmm. things like that and stuff but this is affecting like every single place on this planet yeah and it's insanity Mm -hmm. like to me that that's happening that everyone gets to experience this and you can talk to somebody and be like what happened to you in fucking the spring of 2020 Mm -hmm. and for your coronavirus this is our kennedy assassination or like watergate or Mm 9-11 but for us it's like the first one where we're like grown-ass adults Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's very bizarre it's very surreal. So, uh, <laughs> hard turn. Yeah, here it comes. Uh, we broke all our rules. Uh, we needed ways to kill the time. And the first one I came up with was a tournament. 
<laughs> you know how tournaments are. <laughs> like part of the Mortal Kombat theme. That's right. You know, well, hey, that would be kind of appropriate. Uh, we uh, had a fan vote. I'm sure many of you saw. And we were doing a two guys, one cup March Madness style tournament where I had a 64 team bracket. Uh, and or 64 person bracket. <laughs> and I just chose 64 iconic, important talented great blues personalities which included you know probably 40 or so players but the rest were coaches gms some broadcasters mm-hmm. uh and i just you know did the tournament i did the did the work of putting them all up there every day which was some work on the first day mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, i was like yeah there's a lot of matchups progressively better but um we had some fun you know i've got the vote totals and and who all you know more votes towards the end unsurprisingly but um how do you want to discuss this first of all would you like to skewer my seating because i knew that was going to happen and we did have some guys that didn't make the final cut and some guys that got added back on um no i didn't really have a problem with the seating i was looking at all the 16s and i was like that's fine I think Yaroslav Halak maybe deserved better than 16 seed, but you know what? That's that's just me. I'm a Halak at night. But then you got to look at the 15 seeds and be like, who would you bump down? You know, that was my struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, probably. So why don't we do this for the fir- for this first round? Because mm-hmm. we've both got brackets of our own, mm-hmm. and then we've got the actual public bracket. So for the first round, we can just go through and talk about each matchup, mm-hmm. introduce the people, and then talk about what the public decided and what we would have decided sound mm-hmm. good and then we'll figure it out from there we'll win it yeah we're winning then it. we'll have after that we'll have three different brackets so that'll be harder to, <laughs> harder to discuss we'll do them each one then by we one. can just talk about some of our more difficult to see yeah. uh so the first matchup which was more of a buy more of a fun it's a fun than anything uh brett hall you know top goal scorer in blues history 400 point seasons 130 point season which is the most ever by a blue greatest goal adjusted scoring season of all time era adjusted goal scoring season rather and of course all the drunken theatrics from this past playoff run uh brett hall the iconic blue versus mike keenan iron mike (laughs) Uh, an icon in hockey in his own respect but not for the best reason. The Golden Brett versus the Iron and, Mike. That's right. <laughs> and uh, much, you know, mostly a disaster for this franchise. So uh, Hull obviously advanced there. Mm-hmm. The public did do its job and got Mike Keenan 6% of the vote for funsies. Mm-hmm. 31 votes total for that matchup. 6.66% of that's the vote for Mike <laughs> Keenan. For the Satan. Uh, number two, matchup number two, Scotty Bowman. Uh, is a legendary coach, obviously the father of Stan Bowman, the current Blackhawks general manager. But Scotty, Scotty's number one all time in wins and and I believe so, yes, and like way out in front. He's uh, pretty and far. Games yeah. coached, and he was a he was not a player for us. Al, no, but Al he was a, was a player, yeah. but he was a coach. 
some several times early on, right? He and was the coach for at least the first two years, maybe the first. I think three. he. I think we had a weird thing early on though, where we'd go like coach, different coach, back to the original coach, different oh, really? coach, and I'm pretty sure he had several stints. But also, you know, a foundational that sounds like something we would do. builder in the league, hockey hall of fame builder, uh, against T.J. Oshie, who's a very very pretty man, and the pretty man won. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'll be honest, I, I voted guess. Oshi. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. I I guess I picked Scotty Bowman. You're probably, I guess... No, you're probably right. You're probably right. You're justified. <laughs> I just, you know, people love TJ Oshi, And they were both sacrifices to Brad Hall anyway. <laughs> so uh, in the public vote, Oshi got 68% of 31 votes. Uh, Bowman, just 32 uh, then we had Keith Kachuk, Big Walt, mm-hmm. father of Brady and Matthew, wife of Charlie, Shun- Chantel, Chantel. Chantel. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a, <laughs> we, go ahead. sorry, U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame power forward in his own right. How many points did he have with the Blues? I got to start looking some of these up. But. I was going to say, and we only know that his wife's name is Chantel because the man he yes. was up against, Darren so Pang. This was a pointed matchup. He had, <laughs> was the one who told us about had, it. He had 1,065 points in his career, is yet in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's in the had, U.S. Hockey Hall of yes, Fame. That's what I oh, sorry. Scott, sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I established uh, that. <laughs> he had 427 points in 543 games with the Blues, which came in three different stints. Mm-hmm. Um, he did go back and forth. Uh, and yes, he is up against Darren Pang, who clearly wants to sleep with his wife. Uh, very, sometimes pretty weird how excited he gets about Chantel every time they mention her. Uh, Pang is short. He was a terrible goalie. Great color commentator. Uh, he's got a six hole. He's got a six hole. It's right above he's his head. Not good. Uh, I went Pang because I love him. I shouldn't have. Again, uh, I should not have. But Gotta go Kachuk. Yep. I went Pang, and I'm not proud of it. But he signed a puck, so he's family. <laughs> Just uh, like Chantel. That's right. <laughs> uh, Barrett Jackman, Jax, Jax, Jax. Uh, like second, I think, in games played. Mm-hmm. Called her a trophy winner. That's Shrug. Pretty, that's pretty much it. Sorry, <laughs> really sorry Henrik Zetter. Well, very... Not a lot of points. Some clutch goals. Mm-hmm. Some playoff goals and just a, you know, just a, a solid defenseman for a long career with the team. Up against Emil Francis, who was a huge builder in the early days of the Blues. I think he's a Hockey Hall of Famer mm-hmm. as well for being a builder. Um, you know, great personality, but I think one of those guys who, who just got boned by... Um, being older, you know, being mm-hmm. for most of most of the Twitter fan base, not as well known. He was a goalie, caught left-handed from North Battleford, Saskatchewan. Uh, Keith Kachuk, I should mention, won seventy-six point six percent. Oh, sorry, that's the next matchup. Keith Kachuk won fifty-three percent. Wow, forty-seven percent. So very close, of forty-five votes. And Barrett Jackman won eighty-nine percent. Of 45 votes, which is evidence that people probably don't appreciate, uh, which is not a, a slight on them. He's, you know, born in uh, September 1926 and still alive. Wow. 93 years old. Watch out for the coronavirus. I was like, stay home, Protect Emil. yourself. Self-isolate. Not self, 
distant. What is it? Social distancing. Isolation. It's not self it's not social distancing, it's physical distancing, right. Stephen, because with social media these days we can always be connected. Yes, that's true. Call, I hate myself. Call your friends, ask them how they're doing, but do not touch them. If you call me, I will hang up. That's, that's right. Text me. How dare you? How dare you call me? Tweet at me. Uh, so did you go, you went Kachuk and Jackman? Yeah, I did. Uh, appropriate, I think. Mike Liut, first in goals, or first in wins <laughs> yeah. for the Blues. Uh, dynamite 80s goalie, one of the best 80s goalies. And also now Vladimir Tarasenko's agent. You know, mm-hmm. con Tarasenko into signing that very team friendly deal back in 2013. So, big fan of Mike Lutz, <laughs> um versus Chris Kerber, legendary radio voice KMOX. Uh, the game is over, the series over, the wait is over for the St. Louis Blues or Stanley Cup champions. Bring out the Zambonis. That's all him. Uh, I am a, I'm a big fan of Liut, so I went Liut. Kerber won the uh, social media matchup handily with 69% nice. percent of the vote uh, and moved on. Who did you have going there? I picked Liu. Okay. Because I'm, I'm a real fan. I'm aware of his contributions <laughs> right, to this of, team. Because yeah. the podcast. Because the podcast. Right. Real well, fan. Podcasting. Real fan. Hashtag real fan. Uh, <laughs> hashtag silly goose time. Hashtag real fan. <laughs> yeah, hashtag. Uh, Alex Steen versus Bryce Salvador. This was a bit of a dummy matchup. I like Sorry, Bryce, Bryce Salvador, like Bryce but too. Alexander the Steen. The captain for the Devils. They never won the cup with him there, which, by the way, has got to be insulting. <laughs> You're there for like five or six years of the bro door Devils and you miss all the cups. Sorry, yep. bro. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> Wrong end. Uh, but um, Alex Steen, obviously... People know who Alex Steen is. The, obviously, the fan vote knows who Alex Steen is because this is, I think, possibly the only matchup where he got 100% of the vote. <laughs> there was not one vote for Bryce, Bryce There wasn't even a joke, Bryce no, Salvador. Nope. Just, oh, my goodness. 20, only 26 votes in this one, probably because the 27th person got there and 20, 26 votes for his friend Paul, Paul Stasny. Stasny. <laughs> we see you, Paul. We uh, see you voting for your friend Steiner. We, we, we both went Steen. Yeah, Steen, of course. 100%. Uh, John Kelly, voice, current voice of the Blues. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Fox Sports Midwest versus. <laughs> I hope that's that's the call. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you, you Fox Sports Midwest, for the new contract. Craig Berube, coach, patient lover. <laughs> Um, he seems like one. <laughs> right. Gentle, tender lover. That's what I think. Uh, online, Craig Bruby got 70% of the vote. I went against my better judgment and put Craig Bruby through. Oh, no, um, I put Craig Bruby through. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. John Kelly isn't Dan Kelly. So, there you go. That's all I'll say about that one. Hot takes! The hot takes abound. Um, that's true. Bobby Plager, Cam Jansen... I included too many face punchy people on this. But you got. Look, if I have one regret, but people are going to be mad. Yeah. People you had be, to. If Cam Jansen was. You had to appeal to them. I got shit about DJ King. So if Cam Jansen's not on there, I'm screwed. Yeah, don't put DJ King on here. No. Uh, but yeah, Cam Jansen, you know, great guy. Hilarious yeah. interview, spitting chicklets. 
terrific. Says fuck a lot. Scored like eight career goals, so good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Shows but, you that you don't know have to know how to skate to be an NHL right. player. You don't have right. to. You it's not required. You don't have to have any discernible <laughs> skills. <laughs> Look, if you just will yourself <laughs> right. into being an NHL from player. a mid-sized market and you just really punch a lot of people just yeah. really but he didn't even debut here that's the weird thing mm. he was a, he was a devil before he came here uh, right devil then back to us then back to the devils crazy uh but in any case bobby plager face of the franchise um retired number had uh a lot of games that's really tiny print but a lot of games uh 600 and some Anyway, a 614 Barkway hat. Bob's number wasn't retired by this point. Mm. But um, I have a little poster in my room for people who, who have no idea what's going on. He's a number uh, one fan. I have a little friend. That's right. Uh, a true fan. Hashtag true fan. Um, but uh, I have a little poster that says our retired numbers on it, except doesn't say him because it was made before that. But I think he had like four fewer games than Barkway, which is pretty impressive. Both foundational blues Bobby's been with and around the team ever since and owns Bobby Place if you want to catch chlamydia instead of coronavirus. So, you know, real one. Coronavirus will not go inside of Bobby's place. It, it, it refuses. You're safe. You're safe if you go to Bobby's place. <laughs> Anytime I've driven by, they're like two or three locations. Before I see that it says Bobby's Place on it, I'm always like, ooh. And then I go, oh. <laughs> but for people, for, for the reference of anyone that loves Bobby's Place, we're closest to the Valley Park location, which, fingers crossed, is the trashiest. But, uh, you know, you know yeah. who knows? Who knows? At any given time, you can go in there and see someone from high school who's done nothing yeah. with their life. Uh-huh. We've got, uh, you know, the kind of former uh, beauty queen types that are just still there, and mm-hmm. they get pictures with Bobby occasionally, and it's very much like, this is awkward, yeah. because he's much older than you, but this is obviously like a weird sexual tension thing. Yeah, I know. Oh, like yeah, it. like sexy grandpa, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it, which is why I voted for Cam Jansen. <laughs> he doesn't have a trashy restaurant <laughs> chain. Cam Jansen would never do anything sexual. Uh, no, Bobby got 80. Okay, this is also a problem. Cam Jansen got 15% of the vote. That Of 40 people, that's multiple votes. That's more than four. 10% would be four. That's six. Six people. Voted. Quick math. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like six. That's too many people. Uh, Bobby Poiker did win. Uh, obviously, one in my bracket. Was he ahead in yours? Yes. Oh, I hope so. So I had Hall, or I had Hall, Oshi, Pang, Jackman, Liutstein, Baruby, Poiker, and you had all of that except Kachuk instead of Pang, right? Yeah. Oh, and Bowman. I put Bowman ahead. Oh yeah, Oshie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. You were correct. Bracket number two. What what division is that? Is that the North Division? Sure. Sure. Okay. Cool. We can give. I just them, want to know. We can give them all fun names. We can call one the Arena Division, and one the Scott Trade Division, and one the Interest Division, and one the Savas Division, <laughs> and none of them the Keel Division. Oh, oh no. Instead of Arena, we'll yeah, just have Keel. Keel. Okay, yeah, yeah. there we go. So that's the Keel Division. I think that's the Keel. I'm going to add this in <laughs> so we know. Um, we'll go uh, Enterprise across from that. What's your favorite stadium name of the four? Um, I actually think it's, well, Keel to me still feels like the 
correct one. Yeah. But I kind of, I think it is Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Enterprise is at least a company. Mm-hmm. Like, people know what Enterprise is. I think, and the, yeah. and the And also, it looks like, you know, because they've added green elements, yeah. it's like, it looks like an Enterprise Center, and it's a local big company, which I know Scott Trade was too, but like... I think Scott Trade's my least favorite one. Oh, yeah. Yep. Savas still sounds like this weird, like, Savas Center, like, cool, but Scott Trade is like, that's most certainly just a company name. Yep, and it was. And it was. <laughs> you were and so correct. it was. Um, let's move on to the Scott Trade Division. Fuck. Uh, I like that idea. We should have had that. Anyone who wants to see this bracket, by the way, it's posted all over our Twitter. Not hard to find. I think it's in the pinned tweet right now, which, of course, it won't be when we tweet this podcast out. So, <laughs> so luck yeah. for you. <laughs> um, Everyone. Everyone listening. Right. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll tweet it again. Well, you'll find it. Uh, Chris Pronger is the one seed in the Scott Trade quarterfinal, in the Scott Trade region, I guess. Mm. Um, he took on, as you mentioned earlier, Yaroslav Halak. Tough luck for Yaro. Mm-hmm. But who were you going to put him against that he would have advanced past? Yaroslav Halak? Yeah. Uh, somebody. <laughs> Brian Jamal Mayers, perhaps? Fuck <laughs> you, Jamal Mayers. Uh, um, yeah, you're right. That might have been it. But... Cam Jan- he, he beats Cam Jansen. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. No, I love Euro. Still had the Euro poster over, yeah. over my bed here because I'm a I'm a grown up. Because he's a Yaro uh, stand. That's right. That's right. Uh, but Yaro stand Halak. Chris Pronger, the stat I always go back to, averaged over 29 minutes a game across nine seasons. Here, he won the Hart Trophy. He won as a defenseman, which never happens. He won the Norris Trophy as a defenseman, which usually happens. Uh, a top 10 all-time NHL defenseman. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. Won his cups elsewhere, dick. But uh, I think deserving of a number one seed. Yeah. I think there's you can make an argument that Bobby and Barquay should get the ones and Pronger and McKenna should have been bounced down to twos, but I didn't care. I didn't care. Mm. So, <laughs> I don't care for um, your qualms. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, Pronger got the nod there for me. Yero, we all know. With Yero to me is like my first goalie. You know, like I remember all. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sounds like a little like kid saying, My book. first goalie. <laughs> He's got a baby glove hand. <laughs> he can't catch no good with it. I remember I was working at the election board talking to our friend Garrett, Traverse City correspondent Garrett Gochner about that trade when it happened. Um, you know, he was he's like the first guy that I was like really behind for this team, mm-hmm. you know, for me, because I'm like a newer fan, and I admit that. Oh, I thought we were going to win the cup when we traded for him, because yeah, I didn't know jack shit. Yeah, he just won the cup. Yeah, well, because he had just, well, he just stonewalled yeah. two teams, and I was like, oh You're my like, God. Oh, we're a team on the rise, very far from our yeah. peak. But on the rise, and this is what this is what puts us over the top. Which was the same argument years later when we got hit, kicked his ass out of town for Ryan Miller. <laughs> I was like, my naive ass already knew, and I was correct that Chris Mason was a bad boy. Do, do you ever think about how if we hadn't traded Yaroslav Halak, we would have been just fine? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know that we would have won the cup because of all the Bennington stuff and all that. But like, he's had a very, very nice NHL career yeah. overall. Uh, but in any case, we both obviously advanced Pronger, I assume. I assume your love didn't blind you. Yeah, Pronger 
moved on. You know what I always thought Bronger of a lot? got 96% of 76 online votes. Good, good for the 4%. Good for you. Um, <laughs> think for yourself. That's what we always <laughs> say. I always felt bad for a lot because I think they always made it sound like he didn't really fit in with the locker room. Mm. And I can't quite remember like everyone on the team at the time. But I don't think we had enough. I bet Cam Jansen was the problem. Yeah. But... <laughs> I'm just real honest. I don't think we you had enough. You know how Euro- Cam Jansen feels about Eastern Europeans. Well, that's my point, though. Other than that, like, not quite. But, like, we don't think we had enough European players, quite honestly. And like, now we have tons. <laughs> yeah, like, who did we have? I'm I'm struggling to think of, other than Steen, sort of, and he's not really. I can't really recall any specifically. I guess we had Polak. But, yeah, I think he would have fit in better if we had more European players. And I think... Other teams he's been on have, and maybe he's just gotten better socially with with players over here in North America. I don't know. But, yes, he's carved out quite the career for himself. Now he's with Tuka Rask. They make a a perfect... A sexy pair. That's right. Um, So, good for him, but, you know, obviously not Chris Pronger, unfortunately. So, that's how brackets work. Sacrifices have to be made. Don't blame me, people. Don't blame me. Obviously, this bracket has made me insane. Uh, Doug Gilmore up against Brian Elliott. I made the wrong call. I put Gilmore through. It was incorrect. But Brian Elliott, uh, five incredible years here. Third in shutouts now, thanks to Jay Gallen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a, a different... Was he like a career in point nine two five or something? Oh, percentage insane. I think here? it might it's... have been like nine three three. Yeah, it's it was ridiculous. like insane. And his goals against average, I think, was like right at two. I was like, I'm sure it's sub two. I'll look it up. It's uh, nasty. The yeah. dude, the dude was call it a system goal if yeah. you want, but the dude was otherworldly. Well, yeah, I don't think I realized at the time. Five seasons. <laughs> yeah. He had a in a hundred and sixty four starts. He was a. 238 goals against average okay. or sorry no 201 238 is oh, the damn. weighted one uh, and a 925 save percentage with, dog. with uh where's the shutouts on here i can't find it 25 shutouts oh sorry yeah he's not third he's first he's first all time <laughs> in blues history for five years uh he oh. had a 659 quality start percentage and um it doesn't have a total GSAA, but if I'm just looking for the Blues years, I can add this up, I think. Um, doesn't, because they're bastards. <laughs> uh, but roughly uh, 45? Just eyeballing it? Pretty good. Doug Gilmore, on his part, is a Hockey Hall of Famer. Almost a point per game over almost 1,500 games. Very good at hockey. <laughs> 14-14 and 14-74 with the Blues. He played five seasons. His first five seasons. Way to let the way to let that guy get away, Blues. <laughs> um, and he had 354 points in 384 games. So obviously a player you'd like to get rid of. Um, <laughs> Here's a seventh round pick. Yes. Holy shit. I love the 80s in the NHL where it is even conceivable that you could get rid of a guy that had 354 points in 300 84 games like you could find that other places um what What? he had a thing though in st louis he had some sort of um falling out thing i think what happened with this guy that he was with toronto for seven years he was with he was started with us for five he was with them for seven but like back and forth with them he was with calgary for four new jersey for two chicago for two buffalo for two montreal for two like what the fuck 
I know... Uh, you would think somebody that good, I'm just saying, like, would be on a team. Like, maybe two. Maybe three. Uh-huh. Like, to bounce around between, what is that, seven teams? Just kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think... So I don't want to say this and be wrong. Say it. <laughs> One of these players I learned during this had, like, a very bad drunk driving thing. That's a lot of players, to be quite honest. But I don't think it's him, because there's no crash or accident in his uh, NHL. So the name be, will trigger, but it's also To be fair, his Toronto picture on a hockey reference looks, looks like, a, like, his, yeah, yeah, like he was like pulled over shot. and got his picture taken. Uh, I went Gilmore because of the points total, but you were right to choose Elliot. The people chose Doug Gilmore, which I was a little surprised by, huh. at a click of 55 to 45 and 31 votes. Joel Quinville, foundational co- coach... Joe Mullen, good but pretty forgettable as in far, as far as being a blue. I mean, very good. Very good. I think he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. Three-time cup, two-time bing. Uh, one of those bings, I think, was here. No, it was not. I lied. Um, <laughs> but he had, you know, 335 points in 301 games. Also started his career with the Blues. Yeah, we don't like We could have had Joe Mullen and Doug Gilmore for the whole 80s. But no, we don't need those guys. Um... In any case, uh, Quinville to me is my f- my first coach. So. <laughs> my first coach. <laughs> so I put him through. How did you feel about that one? Yeah, it was Q all the way for me. Just because, yeah, I agree. He was my first coach. He's the first guy I was like, that guy's a coach of blues. And when he left, I was like, I felt abandoned because I was like... I don't know what you do now. Because you get another understand. coach. Oh, also because it was Mike Kitchen. Yep. That's why I felt abandoned mm-hmm. because we sucked dick when Mike <laughs> when fucking Coach Q left. We went to the saddest of the sad times with Mike Kitchen, <laughs> who now follows Joel Quimble around like a little wacky and yeah, wins things. And did then too. And you know what? And I'm sure he's fine. But also, you know what? Fuck you, Mike Kitchen. And it wasn't even your fault. It wasn't it even was, your fault. But it was. But it was. In my, like, 14-year-old eyes, it was your fault. Yep, and it still is. Uh, Quimbo won 88% of the vote there. David Backus. Uh, some people thought I seated Kevin Shattenkirk unfairly. To me, a 13 seat is pretty generous for a guy that was here for seven years. I was years like, to be fair, I don't even know if he's on here. You know? Role, yeah. you know what, for 64 people, yeah, he should be on here. But also, yeah. But low. But yeah, right? just like, just on the bracket. Yeah, exactly. I think no I, real importance. I think I did good by yeah. Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, but he certainly was sacrificed to David Backus here, 92 to 8. And I put Backus through as well. Yep. Um, Jordan Biddington, the Cinderella story of the entire tournament, Ian. Which would make sense. Which is, is in his nature, right? He's not nervous. He wasn't nervous taking on Red Berenson, a man who once scored six goals in a game. Which you'll hear about every time that any blue scores more than one in a game <laughs> for the rest of your life. At least as long as Darren Pang's here. Uh, Red Berenson, another foundational player in the team, not a retired number, but lots of points, uh, named Red. <laughs> Why was he named Red? The same reason everyone else is named Red, because he had red hair. And that's, that's <laughs> how people thought in the 60s That and could have 70s. been a joke, but you're probably, I'm you're hundred percent right. I'm he did. And oh, cause he was a, was he a ginger? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh. Well, I mean, that's why I put put Bennington through. Uh, 412 points. I feel bad. If you're a a ginger, all the love to you. 
It's just, it's just a fun character they idea. They can't see us shaking. They can't know. So. I've, I've, I've crossed my fingers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, he was a ginger for sure. I've confirmed. Okay. Um, I that put, should be on the stat sheet. Red Berenson's still coaching, by the way. Oh, yeah. Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. He's like, how old is he? 80 something? Like a thousand years, I think. He is 80. And still there. So I put Red Berenson through. I understand the Bennington love. The people did not care for Red Burns. <laughs> Who gives a shit? And gave Jordan Bennington 79% of the vote. Uh, moving on. I, I, I named Bennington as well. Sorry. Yeah. Well, sorry, Red. No, I'm sorry, I, Red. I get it. I get I'm it. Sorry. I get it. F- fuck old people, right? Not if, now. If the coronavirus era has taught us anything. <laughs> anything. Well, yeah. If anything, it seems like a lot of people think old people are like, to be thrown yeah. away. Holy shit, I'm just, boys. I'm just like, going to point it out. Once again, coronavirus, kind of bigoted, man. Ageism abounding with the, the coronavirus. coronavirus. Uh, I am not afraid to say I, that we are staunchly against the coronavirus yeah. on this podcast. Exterminate it. Exterminate. That's what I will say resolutely. <laughs> But yeah, uh, folks... We'll be holding a rally later. Even if if you're young and dumb and think you're impervious, your grandma isn't. That's what I don't get. The lady you're going to shop next to at the store next week Old people are people. Also, though, flip side of that coin, old people do better. I saw way too many of you at Schnucks. Oh, yeah. Well, they're they're also very stubborn. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) So. a little bit of both ways. You got a little bit of give and take on that one. Um... Pavel Dimitra is done uh, next. <laughs> what did you say? I said Den? done. No, I said done. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, Pavel Dimitra, uh, one of the more underappreciated players in Blues history, as this bracket proved. Uh, Seven hundred and sixty-eight <laughs> points in eight hundred and forty-seven games. Most of those. 493 points mm-hmm. in 494 games with the Blues. So a point per game over an almost 500 game career. He's nuts. Eight years with the Blues. He had a 90 point season. 80, well, no, 93. An 89 point season and then a 93 point season after Brett Hall left this team. Um, a, a phenomenal player from Czechoslovakia, I think from the Czech side. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, lost in the KHL. Uh, Dyn- was it Dynamo, Dynamo Moscow? Yeah, locomotive. Think, yeah, yeah, locomotive. Locomotive plane crash. Did you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did Uh-oh. you know that that plane crash happened on September 7th? Oh, it was 2011. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. I was like, did that happen four days before 9 11? Oh, but, no. But 2011, though, even you saying that, that was that long ago? This yeah. feels like if you're like, oh, that was like five so, years no, ago. No, here's the thing. I re- the first time I read it, I was like, 2011, that seems like a long time ago. And then I read the September 7th and my brain reset. Because I'm dumb. Anyway, Pavel Dimitra took on Tony Twist. Face puncher. Sued uh, uh, Seth MacFarlane. One, beat Seth MacFarlane. So good for him. But not a good hockey player and Pavel Dimitra rightfully advanced uh the vote was too close probably uh 79 to uh or excuse me 70 to 30 uh too close but you know close good enough good enough thoughts on that 
You trust Tony Twiston. It's <laughs> <laughs> silent over here. No, Pavel Dimitra all the way. Favorite favorite blues player all time. Curtis Joseph, who was like my first goalie. <laughs> my first goalie. <laughs> uh, no, Cujo pioneered making goalies cool, had the mask, had the heart, let occasionally let shots in from center ice, just occasionally. And then was that him? I don't think can. that was him. I'm pretty sure. Wasn't that why he got traded, uh, No, though? I don't think that was him. Okay. I think it was like Case. Okay. If, if people shit on this podcast, though, just remember that Ian's challenging me on this one. Anyway, Curtis Joseph versus David Perron, who really loves the Blues, but Blues fans do not love him. Curtis Joseph, 66 to 33. Gary Unger, great player, early foundational blue, number isn't retired, has two R's in his name, which I'm going to be honest, not acceptable. Uh, but he did have 804 points in an 1100 game career. Many of those were with the Blues. 575 points, 662 games, but a minus 113. So him. No, I know a lot of older Blues fans and people who are more familiar with the history than me are big fans of Gary Unger. I know when we talked about uh, Jersey retirement back when they announced that Pronger's Jersey was going to be retired, they talked a lot about Gary Unger uh, being the next one Twitter fans did. I don't know if that's true, but it was certainly enough to get him past Jamal Mayers, who went to play for the Blackhawks. But anyway. he did tiger stripe his eye, his, you know, his eyeballs. There. That's true. Gary Unger did, or Jamal Mayers? Jamal Mayers. <laughs> um, Not Unga Bunga. <laughs> Bunga won this 84-16. to 16. Uh, Moving on, and I'll try to move a little quicker through these. Bernie Federko, 98% to 1.3%. Uh, beat Jeff Brown. Unfair seating for Jeff Casey, Brown. He's a very good, huh? I had to make sure that I was right. That goalie that led on the goal, Leisman right. goal. Okay. Casey? Casey? I think okay. it's Casey. Okay, good. Uh, Bernie Federko. Um, Only because I love Brent. I love uh, Grant Fear. I love Curtis Joseph so much. I couldn't, I couldn't let him have that. Um, Bernie Federko, first in points, first in goals, last in the American League. Uh, no, first in points, <laughs> first in games, first in assists, first in stuttering incoherently through a broadcast. He's just trying not to curse. <laughs> He's got such a potty mouth, that one. 63 votes, he got all but one of them. <laughs> I'm fucking Bernie Federko. The the Jeff Brown vote had to be a joke, right? Did somebody actually think... Had to be Jeff Brown. Maybe. He is in the area. He's a, Maybe it was somebody who he coached. His like son. Like a youth hockey coach. Is the on the Ottawa Centers? Did you mention that? You probably did. That's his son, I think. They got drafted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Ottawa um, Center. What's his name? Logan Brown, maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> okay, good. Good. <laughs> I'll go with it. Wayne Gretzky spent half of one season on this team and still earned an eight seed. He was a captain in that half of one season, which has got to be weird. Mm-hmm. If Sidney Crosby was traded here mid-season, would Alex Petrangelo just be like, you're the captain now? No. No, right? Like, it was just because it was Wayne. But I also believe Alex Petrangelo would would do that. Oh, no, I think he would be like... Oh, he'd try to, He's like, I'm a non-person, so so (laughs) here you go. Crosby would be like, no, no, it's it's okay. Yeah, just being super duper polite. Just give it to Jack Johnson. He needs a win. Is it Jack Johnson? Yeah, yeah. It's also from Cole Harbors. They're going to make him the captain when fucking Crosby (laughs) leaves? we're going to trade for both. 
That's how we're going to convince Rutherford to do it. We're going to eat that fucking Jack Johnson contract. It was either, either husband's Jack husband's Johnson husband. or Olimata. Oh. And it was Olimata. <laughs> You're so... Uh, Jaden Schwartz probably can't read. But I will tell him that he got 80% of these votes in advance. The only that. time Jaden Schwartz will ever be voted above Wayne Gretzky right. ever <laughs> in anything. Right. That is correct. Uh, I chose Bernie and Jaden as well. Yeah. I mean, Gretzky's Gretzky, but he had it and lost it. That was his biggest contribution oh. to this team. Fuck Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Put him significantly above, but next in line behind the coronavirus. He's <laughs> teetering on dangerous ground. The worst thing I did in this bracket was match up Pierre Turgeon and Ryan O'Reilly in the first round. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to Pierre Turgeon, but I'm also sorry to Ryan O'Reilly. They both deserve better. But I, I couldn't give better than a, a 12 seed to a guy who's been here one and a half seasons. Pierre Turgeon should be a Hockey Hall of Famer. Is he yeah. not? No. Oh, why? Because bad things. Because the Hockey Hall of Fame is broken. But that we'll save that for another episode. We'll Did he ever win the cup? Nope. So. Which is, uh, by the way, if, if you have 1,327 points in 1,294 games, fuck the cup. <laughs> you should still be in the Hall of Fame. That's ridiculous. I um, just played over almost 1,300 games and was more than a point yes. per game player pace. Holy fuck. <laughs> he had... Um, okay, this wasn't actually... I feel, I feel bad for Ryan O'Reilly. 327 in his Blues career. Uh, I went Terjean. Yeah, here. you gotta... Uh, but the people went Ryan O'Reilly pretty decidedly, 84.4% of the vote. I love Ryan O'Reilly. I love him to death, if but we no. Do, if we do this tournament in five years, he could win the damn thing. Oh, yeah. But it's Not one right year. now. It's one year. I mean, it's Con Smythe. I get it. It weighs heavily. But come on, guys. Come on. Let's, uh, be, let's play like a team. Pierre Turgeon was like my first center. <laughs> my first center. <laughs> do, 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 do. The play school. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we've already used the Caillou theme too many times. <laughs> no, we're going to do it. <laughs> you got to find a new remix for the outro. Uh, Ken Hitchcock would never watch Caillou. No. He'd watch hockey highlights and he'd swear at them. <laughs> and then he'd wear a hat. He's... Like third all time in coaching wins. He's <laughs> rotund. He's very good at coaching. And revitalized this team. Mm-hmm. Brought it back from the brink. The brink of Saskatoon. That was many years before. But to me it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was my first transfer. <laughs> and uh, who went up against Ken Wilson? Oh baby. You had to remind me mm-hmm. who that was. I'm very ignorant. He was not my first podcast. <laughs> It was mine. Oh, and then they've always played him on the radio, too. I don't know if it was, like, simulcast mm-hmm. between the two, but, like, I remember listening to him on the way back from games because we would always be like, well, shit, my friend's dad and my dad got to work tomorrow, and we're five years old or whatever, so I guess we got to get in the car halfway through the third period and <laughs> nice. listen to it on the way home. That's so I always liked Ken Wilson, but I, yes, had to give it to Ken Hitchcock. Pretty close here. 54% really? to Hitchcock. No offense. To, I like Ken Wilson, but come Almost on. Almost 55. It, Ken Hitchcock has to be. People do not respect, just because mm. they don't like him as a person, mm. people don't respect how important Ken Hitchcock was mm. to this team. Uh, I win Hitchcock as well. Adam Oates, half of Hall and Oates. 
80% of the vote over Patrick Bergwind, who had a much more substantial Blues career. Mm-hmm. Oates is a legend, I think leader in points per game for the Blues, uh, because he didn't play that many games oh, I was and he like, scored how? a lot of points. Because gotcha. he played like two and a half seasons. Yeah, he wasn't here that long. Um, contract issues ended his tenure here, uh, but he did get 80% of the vote. Good, good for the 20%. Not because mm. Patrick necessarily deserved to win this, mm-hmm. but good for the 13 or 14 people who gave him 20% of yeah. the vote. I'm glad some people appreciate that he was a blue for like almost 700 games. <laughs> um, Alex Petrangelo, the first blue to ever touch the Stanley Cup as such. Wow, I yeah. mean, a lot of blues yeah. went on to touch the Stanley Cup. We don't have to live with that past that's anymore. Right, that's right. Uh, and uh, he faced face puncher man Kelly Chase. Great broadcaster. Won the, uh, not the Bill Masterton, what's the community service one? Uh, Quer- not Clarence Gamble, something. Some. Oh, Masterton's like a, no, ha- King a sad story. King Clancy is his trophy, and he won it. He's gives back to the community. Great uh, color commentator. Not super great on the ice, which is why Alex Petrangelo won this. Just 23 votes, but Alex Petrangelo won 91 of them, mm-hmm. which may have been the year in which he was born. No, he's older than me. He is slightly older than us, you're right. Sorry, Grant sorry, sorry. Fuhrer. No, you're fine. <laughs> uh, face Larry Plough. Larry Plough was a genera- general manager. I almost a said generational a generational manager. Gen- um, generational I guess he manager. was a generational general manager. Some people hold uh, the teardown, the check it, or the pre-check it's era. Was it check it's? Which, te- which owner sold the team? Uh, the Lori. Yeah, the Lori yeah, era. Think so. Teardown. People hold that against Larry Plough. I don't know what he was supposed to do. He could have done it better. He probably yeah. could have gotten more than Eric Brewer for Chris Pronger. But um, Grant Fuhr is a Hockey Hall of Fame goalie, won five or six cups with the Oilers, came here, really revitalized his career, had, a, I think, a 95-96 season in which he started... 79 games. <laughs> An NHL record. If you'd like to read more about that, find it at the Hockey Writers. I'm not saying who wrote it, but I know him very well. And it was great. Um, and it was at somebody else, because no. Anyway. Um, I put Fuhr through, and the people put Fuhr through. Did you I know? think that's the right one, but I put Larry Plow through, because I think, think he was the... If Ken Hitchcock, as a coach, set this team up for, you know... Success, I think Larry Plow, as he was leaving, and he also had the team set up for success. Doug Armstrong, yeah, that was a very like handoff, it wasn't a hostile takeover. I'll be so. honest, as I know a lot more about Grant Fuhrer as a Oilers goalie than I do with the Blues, and so I just kind of went with what I knew. Mm-hmm. That's fair, that's fair. I am so obsessed with the season in which he started 79 games, partially because the dude showed up. That was the year we signed him, and the dude showed up fat, like Pure? way too fat to play goalie. And then they were like, "You can't." Maybe just play... big enough. <laughs> well, no, they were like, "You can't play goalie. You're fucking suspended." And then he got like a strength and conditioning coach, and he hated Mike Keenan so much that he <laughs> figured out how to go from way overweight to in shape enough to play seventy nine games, and somehow didn't win the Hart Trophy or the. Trophy. Holy shit. 
Which is like, I don't care what his numbers are. He started 79 games. If if a pitcher starts 130 games, yeah, well, there's... there won't be any this season. But <laughs> next full yeah. season, if he starts 130 games, give him the Cy Young. <laughs> I don't care if he's got a 500 record and a 4 ERA. He deserves it. Um, anyway, uh, the final matchup there was Barkway Poiger versus Tyson Nash. Uh, Tyson Nash was a fan request. I was told he belonged on here, but he did not belong in the second round, according to... Justin was incorrect. He shouldn't have been on here. (laughs) Damn it, Justin. According to 97.6% of the voters. Uh, Al McKinnis, Big Al. I don't know if he's called that. that? I think Big just works with Al. Uh, 86.5% of the vote over hometown hero baby Pat Maroon. Jake Allen got 82.6% of the vote over former captain Dallas Drake, who never played for Dallas, contrary to popular opinion. Um, Dan Kelly advanced over Doug Waite with 80% of the vote. Correct. That's correct. Shamrock retired in the numbers. Did you do McKinnis, Allen, and Kelly as well? Because I did. Um... Al Arbor, foundational coach, player coach. Uh, player coach, was he a GM for us, too? I don't think he was. Uh, but uh, all-time great hockey coach. Larry Patey, very good player, but, you know, one of those guys who played a brief tenure for the Blues. Al Arbor gets the nod, 86% of the vote. Vladimir Tarasenko also had a good run in this tournament, 88% of the vote over Brendan Shanahan, which I thought, I thought I was putting Vladdy in some jeopardy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, Brendan it, Shanahan... My, my eyebrows were raised, but... Brendan Shanahan's best moments were against us. And that got 67 votes in honor of the Blues' inaugural season. Uh, (laughs) 19% of the votes. The GM matchup. The Professor Ron Caron against Doug Armstrong. Building the team from nothing or building them from Larry Plough, or not Larry Plough, who did we just say? Yeah, Larry (laughs) Plough, to the Stanley Cup. Classic matchup. The fans went almost 90 to 10 for Armstrong. I yeah. also did. Yep. Jay Bomeister, lots of games with the Blues, shut down defensemen on the cup team, especially beloved right now. Got the nod over Wayne Babbage, who had a great career here. And Brian Sutter, player, coach, manager, Mr. Blue, arguably as much as anybody, a captain, um, Got the nod over Ryan Reese. I really screwed over all the face punching guys. <laughs> eh, um, they deserved it. Did you did you go straight with the fans on that bracket? I feel like that bracket was the easiest. Uh, McKenna's Allen, Dan Kelly, Al Arbor, Tarasenko, Army, Bowmeister, Sutter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So now, do you want to just go through what the fans have, and then we can talk about our matchups? Yeah, go through the fan ones, and then we can... Okay, sweet. Uh, we've got Brett Hall, TJ Oshie. This was a bloodbath. Uh, 91% to 9%, which I'm kind of surprised I'm by. a little surprised. TJ Oshie's very popular, especially with the ladies. He's super cute. Uh, if you haven't heard. They're pretty popular with me, honestly. <laughs> Just had a baby. Congratulations to the Oshie family. Mm-hmm. Um, quarantine that child. To keep him safe. Uh, Keith Kachuk advanced. In this bracket, 76.6% of the vote over Barrett Trackman. I'm a little surprised. 
little surprised that that wasn't closer, but he's got that. Kachuk stayed relevant by, you know, procreating well with Chantal. <laughs> well, Chantal, as we all know. was the other half of that procreation. The, the, even the better about, half. Yeah, and let me talk about how jealous Darren Pang is. Uh, I can't stand Ian's that. eyes rolled I'm through sorry. his skull. I mean that for everyone's sake when we were like, yeah. that's, that, okay, have we gone on this real, yeah, like a, t- a tight 30 seconds? Ian, here's the thing. We're trying everyone's, to provide Everyone's content. not listening. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's gone. A tight 30 seconds. When I watch, or when I watch, when I listen on 31 Thoughts, and like Jeff Merrick and uh, Elliot Friedman. Playfully chauvinistic, yeah. folks. They're just strapping. But when they talk about like their wives being the better half, and they just like rip on themselves, and they're like, oh, I don't even. She, I, one of the time it felt kind of weird, like oddly gross, because they were like, oh, I don't know what flight of stairs my wife fell down to pick me or whatever. And I was like, okay, hold on. First of all, that's weird. Don't say that. And two, I was like, have like a modicum of like self-respect but also quite honestly for your wife yeah because like now you're like i'm an idiot and she's also an idiot for picking me Mm -hmm. and i get it's fun and games and i'm totally okay with that don't hear that but when they do it non-stop it's Mm kind of like when someone just self-deprecates to like a fault and you're like we get it Stop it, please. This feels uncomfortable. <laughs> it's also weird, too, because it's like, you know, not to get dark, but like there are husbands that like beat their wives mm-hmm. or even if they just don't, even if they're just absent mm. and bad providers. These guys are like nationally renowned reporters yeah. and like very successful men. I'm and sure you're a fine maybe guy. Maybe they're kind of shitty husbands. I don't know. I'm Certainly they've got demanding jobs and they're away a lot, but... Like, come on. You know, Jeff Merrick's probably a lot of fun to be around. Elliot Friedman, uh, uh, did you listen to this last week? Did you hear the drinking mm. game? Oh, Ian, you gotta hear it. It's all our favorite things. The only one that they didn't make that we talk about all yeah. the time was I've got a lot of time for that. They didn't make that a drink, but they did do all the other oh, ones. Oh, God. So that's the thing. It only occurred to me because they literally did them like five in a row. Mm. And they, without being a real joke, like, oh, yeah, my wife don't know what happened for her to end up with me and stuff. I was like, come on, guys. I think you're fine. Oh, Elliot, you're a great guy. Yeah, like Jesus. <laughs> Anyways. This relationship counselor. Elliot, don't do this. Yeah. You're uh, hurting your relationship. <laughs> uh, Chris Kerber uh, did not do real well against Alex. D- oh, no, that one's real close. 51 really? to 48.6. That shouldn't have been. No. Sorry, Chris Kerber. I'm sorry, Chris, um, but like, No. I think Chris Gerber'd say that. Great guys, great guys. <laughs> but, uh... He's self, he's self-effacing. He he let John Kelly do two three periods, um, which was, was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Plager, too many votes for Craig Berube. Thirty-six point five percent is too many votes. Mm. One year, great year. The cup, cup, great year. One year. By the way, if Craig Berube was Sheldon Keefe, he'd get 5% of the vote. Mm-hmm. People like Craig Berube because he's gruff, too. Mm-hmm. In this town, you oh, know that, that's, that's Yeah, that sells, um, baby. If, I mean, I'm saying if everything else had stayed the same, if the uh, play of, style of play, I can't speak, my brain broke, if the <laughs> style of play was the same, if the press conferences were the same, and he was just Sheldon Keefe instead, way less. Uh, Chris Pronger... <laughs> plastered Doug Gilmore to the boards, which he would have done in their playing careers, too. 95.5%. Joel Quinville got beaten by David Backus, which I disagreed with. I disagree. We we 
like David Backus is like a seven, and we pretend he's a nine and a half. Mm-hmm. He's very good. He's very important to this franchise. He's captain for a long time. One of the best eras of the Blues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, how could how? And if you, I would never feel this way in the summer of 2016. I was dying when he yeah. left. I was dead inside. Yep. And now I'm like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Talk to the hands. People wrongfully put Jordan Bennington past Pavel Demetra. 64 to 36%. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, but, you know, Bennington is a hometown hero, except he's not from this town. But <laughs> he's a greater Toronto area hero, which means that the cup win meaningless because it happened here. Uh, Cujo beat Gary Unger, which I think is a reflection of people not knowing much about <laughs> Gary Unger. No, I don't agree. I like Curtis Joseph, but no, no, no. Unga bunga all the way. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Federko uh, beat up. On Ryan O'Reilly, but not by much. 52 to 48, which, folks, not okay. Um, even Wait, if is, that wanna, one, is that one oh, sorry, ahead? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I skipped. I skipped. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. For Durko, plastered Jaden Schwartz, <laughs> which is very okay. 98% of the vote for him. Ryan O'Reilly beat up on Ken Hitchcock, which is less okay. 91% of the vote? Man, people just don't like Ken Hitchcock. Yeah, they don't. They don't. No respect. He don't get no respect at all. Alex Petrangelo. A whopping 94 votes here creamed Adam Oates, 86 to 14. I was really surprised. That's when you knew Alex Petrangelo was going places in this tournament. <laughs> because, you know, it gets that big upset. It wasn't an upset by the seating. Mm-hmm. But to me, I thought there was going to be that. There was less of the, I don't want to say the boomer movement because that sounds pejorative, but less of but, that yes. like older, <laughs> less of that like I've been here 20, 30 years and I yeah. respect the... Uh, and I know how good Adam Oates was. Because if you're 40, Adam Oates is, is like your first <laughs> skater. Your first trade acquisition, you know? Like, well, I mean, he had a great two and a half seasons but, here, but only agree, two and a half seasons. I agree, but like iconic in those two and a half seasons. That's true. So, you know, if Ryan O'Reilly, look how well he did. And he's only had one season. <laughs> so, um where was I? Oh, it's Petrangelo. Uh, Fuhrer lost to Barclay Plager relatively close, 64 to 37. 63 to 37. Um, Al McKinnis beat Jake Allen. Sorry, Jake, but hey, I got you to the second round. I carried you there. I could have put you up against anybody. And I gave you a win. I gave you a win, Jake. Uh, see, we don't hate Jake Allen on this podcast. It's Dallas Drake. That's kind of sad. He's way above the coronavirus and even above Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Uh, the only time you'll ever hear that. That's right. <laughs> I would have put Jake Allen past Wayne Gretzky in this tournament. Uh, Dan Kelly beats Al Arbor handily, 81.4% of the vote. Vladimir Tarasenko beat Doug Armstrong, which I do not agree with. Agreed. I agree with that. I you was going to say that was my... My disagreement? Yeah, that was my weird when I looked at it. I was like, you know what? Doug Armstrong I, made you Vladimir Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. I was like, without Doug Armstrong, there wouldn't be a Vladimir like Tarasenko. Chicken beats the egg. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, I personally, I would have put Doug Armstrong a lot farther in this yeah. tournament. But um, I get it. I mean, I get that the on-ice guys are going to have yeah, people you know, are gonna want the, the momentum. And I yeah. get that. And I knew that was always going to be hard for the behind-the-scenes people. In fact, did any not? Uh, yeah, Dan Kelly advanced. And he was the only one who wasn't a player that got to the third round. And then uh, Brian Sutter beat Jay Bomeister to relatively close, 56 to 44. Oh, well. Any of your matchups in that second round super tough? Um, um, let's see, what do I have? I had Hall, 
Holkachuk, Steen, Bobby Plager, Pronger. I said uh, Q over Bacchus. I did too. I said Demetra over Bennington. I said Demetra over Berenson, but yes. Uh, then I had... Um, I had... Unger, Unger over, over Cujo. Ungabunga over Cujo. <laughs> Ungabunga. Federico, I had I had already said Turgeon over O'Reilly, so then I had Turgeon beating Hitch. I put Hitch through, but I'm not sure that was correct. Turgeon, every literally every time I look at his numbers, I'm like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> right? Sometimes, I mean, I get I will live through that, but I didn't pay enough attention because I was head, little. And in my head, I'm like, the first time I, I remember doing this, the first time and being like, whoa, I thought he was good, but he was like great. But, like, in my head, it's just like, oh, he's a thousand point scorer. And I don't think about how he's a more than point per game in 1,300 games. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he probably deserved to go through. Let's see. Petro, Barclay, Plager, McInnes, Arbor, uh, Armstrong, and Sutter. Oh, you went Arbor over Dan Kelly, eh? I did. Interesting. I went Kelly, but I understand the logic. The people vote. We're on Brett Hall versus Keith Kachuk. 91% for Brett Hall. Just steamrolling. He steamrolled right through this bracket. Uh, Alex Steen, Bobby Plager. Bobby Plager got uh, percentage of the vote. I didn't write it down. <laughs> That's the one I missed. But let's assume it was a good amount. Uh, Chris Pronger. Wait, so wait. Did Steen move on? No, Plager won. What? You think Steen over Plager? Um, yeah. People do not agree with you, Ian. Why? Why would Steen? Why? Would, no offense, thing. Bobby Player, but why is he beating Alexander because Steen? He fucking owns Bobby's players. I know, and they're sick. <laughs> they're sick. The Center for Disease Control cannot comment because they have much more important things, yeah, but look, it would not go well. Look, here's here's a, all I heard was they serve bat soup. That's all I heard. That's all I've whoa, heard. Whoa, That's all whoa, I've heard. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Try your luck. That's all. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll Ask say. Ask them for it. They may or may not. What give I'm it to saying you. is that the next John Mulaney musical skit on SNL will be set at Bobby's. <laughs> You're gonna order the food at Bobby's place. I get this is hard okay, and very different. Give us <laughs> but like, why? Shouldn't Steen should be right? I think it was the sad, the happy sad moments of this of this last year particularly. With Plager being like too nervous to watch the games, I think he and Brad Hall did a lot for their image this year. That's which is true. why I'm glad they had to face each other. <laughs> Only one survives. Wow. Uh, a real Highlander situation. I, I wrote Bobby Plager, but I think you're right. Alexander Steen means a lot to this team, and people will remember it when he's gone. And I'm not saying, like, you'll have this gaping hole that you can't replace, but I just mean, like, he's been on this team for fucking ever. When I talked about retired numbers. It was good for a long time. When I talked about retired numbers, I was like, I think Steen is next. I mean, Petrangelo is definitely next if he restarts. If he stays here, yeah. But, like, if... I think Steen from this generation deserves consideration. And a lot of people were like, no. And I was like, really? What? What is it? Is it the, it's the contract? I guess right now we're yeah. like, oh, he's overpaid and underperforming and they're not looking at. But even know, then, hasn't he, games he's and, played well enough that people just kind of don't give a shit anymore. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? He's bounced back from the lowest he was yeah. in this contract. But yeah. I still think there's an aspect of that where like their opinion on his him is clouded, mm -hmm. and I think when you're I think you're right when we look back ten years from now, more people will be like, "Oh man, Alex Steen," mm -hmm. you know. We'll see. Um, hopefully, we'll do this tournament again 
And yeah, this has been I've been fun. thinking, like, will we do it a different way? Will we just do it again but not include Brett Hall? Like, it'd be interesting <laughs> ways. Just because he's one. Just, just fuck you know, him. Spoiler alert. Uh, Chris Pronger, 91% over David Backus, which I was shocked that it was that bad a beating. But good. Yeah. It's appropriate. I mean, that's uh, right. Jordan Bennington beat Curtis Joseph, which... Now at this point, fuck it. Why was it Jordan Bennington versus Cujo and not Demetra versus Unga Bunga? <laughs> because there's no justice in this world. Gary Unger, I wish you I played put, today. That's right. Because uh, don't put, you have a son who's really good? That's maybe. Uh, I need I a put Unga, Unga Bunga. Bunga over Demetra. <laughs> what have? What? What? You put Demetra over? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'm you know I'm probably wrong on that, but oh, like you're... also I have an argument. <laughs> I'm angry. Uh, Bernie Federico, fifty-two to forty-eight over Ryan O'Reilly. Fuck you, people. Two <laughs> percent? Yes. No, well, four. I mean, but yes. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Uh huh. Wow. Come on, everyone. Seventy-seven votes. That's a. Uh... Adam Cracknell number of votes? Who was 77? We've had a 77. Uh, currently Nico Nico Mikola. Uh, Nico Mikola. That's yeah. right. I knew it was forgettable. Was Jay McKee a 77? Probably. I feel like he was. I'll look it up in a minute. Al- Alex Petrangelo just beat the tar off Mark Whitfinger, 76 to 24. Okay, okay. So we're... It's pre- <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. So we're going to say Alexander Steen can't beat Bobby Plager. Uh-huh. But Petrangelo can just walk right over Barclay Plager. Who was the better? Who was? Yeah, who was the better Plager? Oh, he's dying. He's dying. (laughs) It's the coronavirus. It's deep. It's gotten deep within him. Okay. 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 I'm fine. But you. But you won't. But you won't come to your normal sitting position. But he's okay. You know when someone pulls their back and lays on the ground and says they're okay. I'm okay. My back's just out of place. Okay. Um, ha. What were we? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it a, a, a beating? I don't know. I mean, Petran- no, I think Petrangelo should beat Barclay Plager that bad, but why is Dean not beating Bobby Plager? Whatever. Ian, Whatever. Whatever. Did you say Jay McKee? Yeah. Correct. Yes. There are three other 77s oh, in Blues history. Should I know them? One of them is on this bracket. Name them, please. <laughs> One of them is on this bracket. The other two. Okay, here's the thing. One of them's TJ Hensick. Oh, yeah. I remember when. One that. of them's Brad Hunt. So just. One was Brad Hunt. But but one which of them... one's on this bracket, Ian? <laughs> okay, another 77. Some of these are nice enough because it's like now. We're road to nowhere. Come on inside. You guys like this? You th- do I sound just this like David good. Byrne? Oh boy, I it can't. It's got to be like a a newer person. Yeah, nineties ish. I don't know who Cam Paddock is, but he's it, only six. Was it Tyson Nash? No. That's it. That's all I got. Pierre Turgeon. I. God damn it! <laughs> God damn it, Stephen. That was the first one that popped in my head. I was like, Pierre Turgeon was like a high number, wasn't he? And then I just went down the list and looked at other things. I was distracted. Oh, man. God damn it. Can you name the only 51 in Blues history he's played this season? He's played this season. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, he has not. Yes, he has. And how many games has he played this season? Oh, two, I think. Two games oh, two for games. number 51. 
I don't know. Derek Pouliot. Really? Last oh. question. Can you name Sorry. the yeah. only 86 in Blues history? What era? I need an era. Very recent. God damn it. It's like, but how many games? 2018 19 season. Oh, wait, 86? Yeah. 2018 19? Oh, it's that, it's that son of a bitch. <laughs> Was it, did he play one game? That season he played five. Trade acquisition. Russian. 18-19? Favorite. Sashnikov? There you go! I was going to say favorite of Steve Dangle. Okay. What was what was the guy that was here for a game that we booted out oh, as defenseman? Um, uh, Jack of Jarabek. <laughs> I thought for sure you are going to give me a Jarabek oh, number. Oh, no, not that cruel. Okay, sorry, uh, sorry. I was trying to look for a number that had four or five where like most of them were reasonable. Yeah. It was hard to find. Uh, where was I? Barclay Plager. Al McKinnis beat Dan Kelly handily 79-21. to And Vladimir Tarasenko beat Brian Sutter. Elite 8! I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. It should be Brian Sutter beating Vladimir Tarasenko. I put Doug Armstrong over Brian Sutter, but uh-huh. I agree with you. Yeah. That it should be Tarasenko or Sutter over Tarasenko. Brett Hall, Bobby Plager, very, made one of our followers very angry. That Brett Hall beat Bobby Plager. Hey, that's okay because it should be Halverstein. So you know, that's don't right. be don't be upset. <laughs> I wonder how he'd have felt about that matchup. I think he would have liked that even less. I think oh, he liked. Yeah, I think he it. really liked Plager. I think that was part of it. So he hates you now. I'm not the one that said it. Um, Chris Pronger squeaked out probably our closest matchup. Lost. To Jordan Bennington. Oh, that's You're right. You're wrong, people. You're all wrong. Wait, Bennington we beat Pronger? The, yes. What? We all love the Cinderella story. 75 votes, Ian. He got 50.7% to 49.3. At least it was close, but like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Bennington should have been bounced like three rounds ago. <laughs> I get it. People that's what love. every team said last He's year. Iconic, but that's true. That's true. <laughs> Appropriate. Brett or Bernie Federko against Alex Petrangelo. Alex Petrangelo wins. Incorrect. Wins fifty-seven to forty-three. Oh, no, sorry, folks. And Al McKinnis against Vladimir Tarasenko. Al McKinnis wins. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wins fifty-seven to forty-three. Same amount. Same percentage of voting. Vastly different number of votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Bernie Federko Alex Petrangelo matchup was our highest voted on. Yeah. So the Petrangelo vote was authentic. The Petro stands are out. Who was your final four? So I had Hall beating Steen, and then I had Pronger beating Demetra. I that had felt right. Hall beating Plager, mm-hmm. and I had Pronger beating Unger. Unga bunga. That's as far as you go. <laughs> unga bunga, unga bunga. <laughs> uh, Federico beat Petro because that's reality. Yes. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> uh, and then I had uh, Sutter beating McKinnis, and I think it could have been either one. But I just I thought it'd be fun Doug to have Sutter Armstrong there. beating McKinnis, which in hindsight seems so ridiculous. But also, he built the Stanley yeah. Cup team. So how do you... It's hard. It, you're, it's apples to oranges a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, I know our, our friends over at Blues Notes Pod. I'll look up their Twitter handle real quick. They're doing their own... Mm-hmm. Um, 
tournament of 64 that you can go vote on and it's segregated not usually in favor of segregation uh but um no they are you know they're dividing defensemen against defensemen and um forwards against forwards and all that so you can find them at blue notes pod all one word well it's a twitter handle so of course it's all (laughs) blue singular notes plural pod uh, if you want to go vote on that. Tom Franklin of KMOX is involved in that. Um, but yeah, so the real final four, I did Hall, Pronger, Bernie, Armour, the real final four, according to the vote, was Brett Hall versus Jordan Bennington. Catastrophe. <laughs> it's all your fault, people. And all Alex Petrangelo fault. against Al McKinnis, which is fine. That's, a, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Alex Petrangelo beating Al McKinnis? Uh, Here's the thing. It should have been Bernie Federko. Mm -hmm. And Bernie Federko would definitely beat Al McKinnis. Mm -hmm. Alex Petrangelo over Al McKinnis? I see your argument. Yeah, I think I go McKinnis. Yeah, Yeah, you know what? Maybe I don't. I think if if that's the matchup, I think maybe I go Petro. Yeah. But, um... 56 to 44, so pretty close, 87 votes. Um, but uh, Alex Petrangelo in the finals, taking on the unstoppable machine that is Brett Hall. This is when I should have known Brett Hall was going to win it all, because after Bennington had skipped through all the way to the final four, just eviscerated. 69.4% <laughs> to 31%. 69, nice. That's right. Uh, 30 points, whatever, 6%. In 111 votes. And then in our final, which did get the most votes, 130, Brett Hall was voted the greatest blue of all time. 73.8% over Alex Petrangelo. The people took Petrangelo all the way there, but then they weren't prepared for that finale. They thought it was Ed Koch versus Rudy Giuliani. And then when they got there, they were like, nope, it's just Ed Koch. <laughs> Ed Koch and Koch. Uh, in my bracket, Bernie Federko beat Brad Hall in the finals. Because Brad Hall says Agreed. Bernie Federko is the greatest blues player. Who are you? How are you going to argue with that? They would. They would argue with that. Goals, overall players. Bernie Federko, in my mind, might be the most underappreciated player anywhere Ever. in hockey. <laughs> People don't know who that is no, outside no. of St. Louis. And yeah, he was one of the best players of his he had the, era. He had the dual curse of playing in St. Louis and playing alongside Gretzky. Mm-hmm. And so he was always going to be forgotten. Mm. But he didn't deserve to be. He also, I'm pretty sure, had nobody on this team no. to help him. No. Which is almost kind of more impressive, again, oh, sure. given his stat totals. It's like, so you, this was all you, buddy. This was just you, you, you the whole time. Poor guy. I agree. But that's the tournament. Thank you all for participating in that online. Uh, a lot of fun. We'll find other hockey-adjacent activities mm. to do. We've also got random-ass shit to do. Yeah, or do we want to? Do we want to extend that into other episodes just to have more content? I mean, I'm game to... We can think of other random stuff. I mean, that's true. There's so many random things. What do you think? I don't know. I'm fine with it. I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to extend... All right, fuck it. I think we'll find more. I'll I'll bear the burden of coming up with more. This is on you. It's going to be a lot of talk about favorite leggings. (laughs) I don't know. You know? See, you're going to have to do a lot better than that. Big into wearing leggings. 
favorite presidents. James K. Polk. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I enjoy uh, Garfield the second time. There we go. That's right. Um, but yeah, what, so if you're only here for the hockey and just here for the hockey, you might as well tune out of this. Um, this know, is two guys, one opinion, but probably two opinions, different opinions. opinions. Uh, I'll give you mine first. This is a would you rather you. Mm-hmm. It's a very convoluted picture. <laughs> you got to tell you so fill in a blank for me first of all. Name a place for me that is like a fast fast or fast casual. You know, so anything up to Chipotle, but nothing past that. That you are just meh on. You're never like that disgusts me. Mm-hmm. But you're just never like, oh yeah. <laughs> Um, for me i actually i actually said chipotle only because personally i would always choose qdoba first and i know that's heresy to some people and you know what don't care can't go to either right now anyway so what's it matter um never be open again kfc kfc okay fair enough that's a good choice that's that's actually perfect. I'd eat KFC, but then also, if you were like anywhere to go, I'd be like, well, let's not go to KFC. So here's your would you rather. Okay. Would you rather number one? It You must eat KFC exclusively for the rest of your life. Ew. But you get a brand new car, $40,000 or under, nothing crazy fancy. But once a year, every year, brand new car, totally paid for, it's yours. So wow. you can go out, explore the world, travel the continental United States as much as you want, as long as you're only traveling to places that have KFC. Which have, is most places. And it's going to have to be fast because of how often I'll be using the bathroom. <laughs> right, right. Or, scenario, scenario number two, the weather is basically today's weather all Old the time. Old yeah. 50-ish, a little warmer than today, yeah. but gray, rainy generally crappy but every form of in-house entertainment you want video games Mm -hmm. netflix subscriptions wwe network so you can watch empty arena Mm -hmm. matches uh anything you want all totally paid for covered for your rest of your life i feel like the latter scenario is what I would pick because mm-hmm. I really don't want to eat KFC the rest of my life. <laughs> but also, it would be it would be sad and depressing that every day is like that. You know, I, but I I could play enough games and watch enough TV where it's sunny out where I think I'd be okay, and I can drink some milk for that vitamin D, you know, <laughs> D fortified. That's right. I I gotta tell you, I know I mean this seriously. I would have thought mm-hmm. I would have gone with the the dreary day option. Mm-hmm. We had that string of like right at the start of the like stay inside your houses, don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It also was crappy weather yeah. for four or five days, and that like half a day on Tuesday or Wednesday where it was sunny for mm-hmm. the first time, I got out and took a walk, and I was like, "Oh my god, I need this." Up. I know, right? And I think of myself as like a I really like rainy days. Mm-hmm. Like usually, I really do, but my god, did I need that and. I don't know. I was in quarantine, right? I've never been in quarantine before, so I don't know. Your Maybe first quarantine. So I think I think I'd eat uh, 
you know, whatever, Arby's, Chipotle. I KFC, was going to say Arby's. KFC is a brutal choice because there's no uh, variety. I was going to say Arby's, and I think I would I could live with the Arby's more. Arby's also, because like, curly fries are fucking the bomb. Cur- curly fries, and like, at least it's like turkey and beef and like fish and mm-hmm. chicken. It's not just chicken. KFC's a brutal <sighs> choice. Yeah. So, you know, but you didn't know that. But that, but that was your fault, so... <laughs> You fucked up. Would you like to proceed with some of your random ass shit, or we can yeah. save it? Whatever you want to do. No, no, no. I, 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 I want to ask you because you have them written down here, but you gotta give me, you gotta give me like full ten minutes on each one okay. on the background as well. Four hour podcast. But Stephen, what are your top three video games of all time? Ooh. Um. My number one is gonna be Fallout Three. I guess I shouldn't have started at number one. But here we are. <laughs> um, the virus has changed everything. Fallout 3 to me is like... It's so... I mean, like, Fallout games in general, I just adore. Which is weird, because I was never, comparatively, never that into Skyrim. Which is the same mm-hmm. game. I mean, you know. We're going to be living in a Fallout world pretty soon. <laughs> right, I've been preparing this whole time. But Fallout 3, I feel like, just hit me at the right time. It was, like, right as college started, I feel like. And, like, it was just that first, you know, it it just felt like a new generation of gaming. Like, I hadn't done anything that open world and Mm -hmm. that, like, choose your own adventure before. And it just gripped me for a long, long time. Um, And I still love it. The music's incredible. I mean, the environment is so meticulously created and so interesting and it blends like history and science fiction and all that stuff i just love it and i love fallout 4 haven't played fallout 76 much at all i don't know why i say much i haven't touched it i probably should maybe now that i'm in quarantine <laughs> um but you know when i'm sure they'll have a fallout 5 not incredibly long after the release of um the ps5s and all that stuff and mm-hmm. i'm psyched i can't wait Red Dead Redemption, which is an honorable mention on this list, the second one, which I just finished, mm-hmm. also was really like, damn. Which is funny because, again, Red Dead 1 didn't really grip me to the same level. Mm-hmm. Didn't finish it, I'll be honest. Which, it's it's a great game, I'm sure. But, you know, I think sometimes they just have to hit you at the right season, yeah, too, you know? For sure. You're you in the right mindset. I hate to say this, but my number two may be MLB The Show, just because, like... Lame. Just is. kidding. It's no, super, no, no, no. It's no, super it's lame. It's not... It's, that, Steven, I I'm going to say something. Myself. I'm going to say something I hate. That's your truth. <laughs> oh, no. I'm out. I'm, the podcast is oh, over. Jesus, I hate it so um, much. No, but only... Speak like, your truth. The MLB The Show is, like... That's the reason I changed from Xbox to PS4, was, like, I need something... That's don't baseball. have that on Xbox? No, they will now in the future, mm. in the next generation. They just announced it's huh. an agreement with Sony. But it's a Sony-produced game. Oh, okay. So Sony has the exclusive rights, but they're ex- they're platforming now, which is good for them. Great. Make more money. Good for you guys. Increase the number of people I can sell cards to. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but no, it's just like, it's the one that just, you know, I, ter- I come back to every year. I play mm. it. It always feels fresh. They're team building mode like i won't play any of the ea like ultimate team stuff oh hut stuff because yeah it's all like a money grab and 
I'm not gonna lie, theirs is too, but they're so much better about, like, you can play without money and still have a good team, still Mm -hmm. enjoy the mode, be remotely competitive with other players online, which I am given to understanding is not an option in Ultimate Team, or at least not without incredible amounts of labor and and focus on it. So, you know, it is kind of a boring choice, but it's just the one that's always there, I feel like. And then Ocarina of Time is, I feel like, super foundational for me. All the music, all the the game itself, you know, I mean, it was one of the first games. It was felt like one of the first big boy games I ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for a lot of us, that's probably true. And then, uh, you know, Pokemon, obviously any of the Pokemon deserve an honorable mention. There just wasn't one that I was like, this has to go on there. Mm-hmm. I actually also love Pokemon Snap. Uh, and then my two other honorable mentions are uh, Mega Man X and Super Punch-Out!, because those are the two that I can like pick up any time, any place, and just spend an hour. Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty much beating them, <laughs> you know. Like I've played them so much that it's just almost memory at this point. But like I still enjoy them so much that like I'll pick them up at any point and just play them. Mm-hmm. And now they're both on the Switch. So. Oh, are they? Fantastic. I love the Switch for that. Just like old games you get on it mm-hmm. on the go. Fantastic. I love the Switch. And speaking of Switch. Nintendo Switch is sponsoring this podcast. God, no, I me, wish. Give me your uh, three favorites. Uh, mine are generally straightforward, I think, if I, if I don't put too much thought into it. Pussy choice. Yeah, Pokemon, any of them. Just I think, the franchise. That's fine. You know, I didn't choose a year of MLB. I think show, if I had so. to pick a specific one, have you ever found yourself... Uh, I don't know what it is. Like Maybe with the Blues, you're like, I feel like I should really like... Uh, Pavel Dimitra is my favorite player. I should really like Brett Hall as my favorite player, but actually my favorite player is, uh, you know, Alexander Steen or David Bannon, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, oh, but I feel like it should be these other ones because of, like, the nostalgia and growing up with it. So, like, I feel like my favorite Pokemon game should be, like, Red or Blue because those are the first mm-hmm. ones, but I don't remember them as well, even though I did have both of them and I played them. And then I always just think that Silver was my favorite one because I remember I played that one a lot more. Mm-hmm. And even that one, I have a hard time quite remembering everything in it. But the one I've replayed like multiple times, even into my adulthood, has been a third generation one, has been Pokemon Sapphire. Mm-hmm. And then I re- did the remake. I played whatever that was, like Alpha Sapphire yeah. or Mega Ruby and stuff. And so those, I think the Gen 3 ones are the ones I like the most. And to me, in this weird way, I've played, all the one, I've played a lot of the ones since then. But to me, it's like all the Pokemon up and up to Gen 3, including Gen 3, are like the original Pokemon in my head now, even design-wise. I'm like, these all look very good. Mm-hmm. And then Gen 4 through 8, you're okay, but these are really <laughs> the original three. And so I've always liked Pokemon Sapphire a lot. The third ones, the third generation's been really good. Um, and then I think, for me, it's been Super Smash Brothers. I have to say, because yeah, as a series, I think especially Melee... Which I think a lot of people I've talked to, I don't know why, they're my age, but are like, oh, I like the original N64 one the most, which I like too. It's very, very good. A little unbalanced, but very, very good. <laughs> uh, fuck you. Anyone who plays Kirby, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's like Brawl, which is for the Wii, and then I really enjoyed Ultimate on the Switch. But like Melee, I feel like I've heard people in my friend group, they're like, ah, that one's okay. I didn't play that one a lot. I'm like, really? Because I played the shit out of smash bros melee 
on the GameCube. That's I think GameCube, I played yeah, that, that one the, the most. most for me, for sure. Yeah, and far. and that's the thing too is like I don't play as much Smash anymore. Melee is or was considered the best balance. Yeah, that was like too, the competitive right? like one. The most competitive. I think it still runs in like at Evo and mm-hmm. competitive circles and everything. But like Smash to me was such a fun social game. I mean, I'd play it by myself too, but like even if it was just one other friend over, and I might not play it a, not, a lot right now, but it's one of those games that if someone, if people come over and you're like, oh, I don't know, we've got this, it's like a it's like a board game where it's like, mm-hmm. well, we've got Smash, and be like, oh, we can play Smash. And it's like everyone knows how to play that. I've shown people that don't know how to play that game, and they have fun with it regardless because mm-hmm. it's just like crazy shit happening everywhere. It's, it's a lot of fun. And it's also very malleable where you can like make it crazier and yeah. make it more like if you've got new people, like maybe it's more fun to play the crazy maps. Yeah. Put all the items on that, like kind of even things out more mm-hmm. versus like if you've got four people who are super competitive and want to do roll dodges and counter breaks and stuff, it's only, a totally different. Thing. Only play on whatever that one is. And I can't remember. No, final, destination. final destination. No items. Final destination. destination. <laughs> all of us. Let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Um, and for me, I think maybe the third spot is occupied by two games, really. It's either one of the Halos, like Halo 3, I'd have to say, because I played so much Halo 3 in high school, Mm. or it's got to be, um, Street Fighter, whatever, the oldest Street Fighter 2, Mm-hmm. Because there's like five versions of Street Fighter 2, and I can't remember which is the last one. But um, Street Fighter... Super Mega Alpha. Yeah, Street Fighter introduced me as a kid into something that I just thought was fun, like beating up on people. And then as growing into adulthood, I learned this, like, this community, and like you can learn combo moves and you can learn combo strings and then you can learn frame data and like well this is punishable (laughs) on block and this is a this launches you and it's like oh my god this turned into like chess now and while i don't play as much as i used to in like high school or even a little bit in college um i will still go out of my way to watch like street fighter like tournaments or like fighting game tournaments those are like crazy fun if not only sometimes for just like the people calling them, I think they do a great job of like yeah. helping people it's, understand and they're just super into the it. The commentary in video games is usually pretty good. It's mm. like better because it has to be mm. than a lot of sports commentary, which doesn't do it either goes a lot of sports commentary either goes way too simple mm-hmm. or way too or like doesn't do enough of the like, hey, this is our sport, this is what's happening, you know. Mm-hmm. Like a hockey game will never explain an icing. And if you've never watched yeah. a hockey game before, how You'll the hell do you know. know what an icing is? <laughs> I, that's true, though. I was like, icing. someone who likes hockey, and they just have to explain it to you, because mm-hmm. that's all you got. But yeah, I was say, fighting, they they tend to try and explain a little bit more, and they're also just super hype about it, and it's a lot of fun. You might not know who any of these players are. I barely know who any of them are anymore, and it's just like, wow, they're, you get to learn backstories of people, you learn who their characters are, you just... You get huge tilt matches, you get matches where it's all one side, then it gets flipped the other side, you get reset matches where it's like they have in fighting games a lot, they have when you lose in a tournament, you have like a redemption bracket you essentially fall into now, mm-hmm. and you're in the loser's bracket, and if you win the loser's bracket, you then get to face the guy that won in the winner's bracket, but the deal is you have to win like two sets where he only has to win one. And so if you win your first set, now they call it resetting, 
like the bracket or resetting like the I don't know if it's the bracket resetting like the the match because now it's just whoever wins the next set of matches wins the tournament mm -hmm. and that's always such a huge hype moment like oh shit he just reset the match oh fuck and everything anyways it's very cool yeah I need to watch more of those. Those are interesting. I got big into Rainbow Six Siege for a while. That's a lot of fun. Arguably deserves a spot on this list. Have you ever watched any of that competitive? Yeah, that's yeah. a ton of fun. Uh, we need to watch more e-games together. Super that's, nerdy, right? That's coming in. Now, Although I can't, I guess they can't really be together, but you can play separately. That's true. That's true. Since, we're walk, since we're watching, or since we're both working from home now, we can work from home together and watch e-game <laughs> tournaments. Uh, Ian, pick one more of these. We'll save some okay. of the rest of them, but pick one more to play us out. Um, I'd say, Steven, I like this. What is the worst purchase you ever made? This one's hard for me, man. Okay. I've made a lot. <laughs> or I've just made mistakes. Got a lot of mistakes. Uh, worst purchase. Um, I have a dumb purchase. Do you have one right mm -hmm. off the hop? But I feel like you've cooked one up, so you got it. So give, let me go first, because mine's <laughs> going to be bad. Because I thought about this, and I can't answer it. There's a lot of stuff I've purchased that I've broken stupidly. Uh, oh, I've did that. Ways. I bought a pair of sheets one time, because I needed new sheets, and somehow I'd ripped a hole in the old sheets. And I was too impatient, and this happens a lot to me, where when I'm opening something, I'm not like a careful opener. I'm just like, I just let me get in the fucking box. So there's like a plastic wrap around like new sheets, you know, because they're folded on top of cardboard, and the cardboard's <laughs> folded to get in that, that sort of nice square. And so to get this plastic thing off that would not tear, I got a pair of what is sharp scissors to cut through it, but they had like a pointy end, and that and the, and Stephen, the little plastic cardboard belt around this thing I'm trying to cut off was on very tight. There wasn't a lot of room where I could pull up and get the scissors under. And I was like, no big deal. I'm just going to run the scissors along it. <laughs> you know what? And I know, and I remember even thinking, I know these are sharp scissors. I know that. I know that. I know, I, I, know, I know what could happen. And so I just ran along the sheets to get it underneath the little belt thing. And it slid it right open. It slid the sheets right open. And I remember looking at it and I was like, this is what you thought was going to happen. <laughs> And it did. It did happen. You let it off the hook. <laughs> I feel like one of my worst purchases maybe my Xbox One because I never use it. And not long after, finally, I caved and purchased one, which I forget. It must have been for some exclusive that was on there or some of the many exclusives that were on there that I built up enough time that I'm finally like, I got to buy this. But... What, not long after I bought it, there was one of those Twitter tournaments mm -hmm. where it's like, retweet this and we'll give you a cart when you know, you know, the yeah. punchline. we'll <laughs> give you a Cardinals themed Xbox from the Cardinals account, which I don't remember, but must have had thousands of retweets and I won it somehow, <laughs> or I don't know how many they gave out, but I won one of them. And I still remember sitting in seminary and being like, you know being seeing this tweet from them and being like no i don't win things i don't win mm. things so now i have two xboxes because i'm still too dumb to sell the other <laughs> xbox you... but i think i finally lent my xbox to my friend brad so actually he has one of my xboxes but it all worked out what i should have done if i'd had any sense was just never unbox the cardinals xbox and sell it right away mm. but too dumb too dumb 
And I bought lots and lots of baseball and hockey cards, which I enjoy opening, but then they do just kind of sit there. <laughs> <laughs> they make me sad. Exactly. That doesn't go away. So I remember I'll that with, with Pokemon Xbox. cards. I'll commit to Xbox One. Do you... I'm sure there are worse ones yeah. that I can't think of. Oh, yeah. Do you remember, and I'm sure he doesn't listen to this podcast at all, you remember CJ from high school? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember... Did... Get daggers. <laughs> Do you remember... I like CJ. Yeah. No. Did you go to the lock-in thing after graduation? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they had raffle tickets, I'm pretty sure, to win things. And yeah. I think he won a 360 there. Yeah. And I remember kids shouting when he won it. They're like, CJ already has an Xbox. <laughs> and poor CJ on his face was looking around like, well, I'm not going to like really... Give it give back, it back and like kind of had this look like yeah, and just walked up and got it still. And I remember feeling really bad. I was like, With the three sixty though, that's yeah. red ring of death. That's yeah, insurance, you needed the, you need the other one. That's right. So I mine is Xbox related as well. CJ so, now, by the way, a, a yeah. competitive Magic the Gathering player. Yeah, which is awesome. I've never been good enough at anything to be competitive. competitive. So. <sighs> The few Pokemon tournaments I entered as a child, a child, I don't know, I mean, my parents were there, but it also feels were weird. Were like, children's tournaments? I mean, they were, no, I was or playing teens. Like grown-ass adults? I mean, there might have been some, like, at a, as a kid, a 16-year-old looked like an adult, but right. probably, there are probably adults there. But I remember being nervous as shit because I was a, a shy child, and so all of a sudden someone's like, I'm used to playing my friends in a field behind my house, and now there's this guy that's like, well, I have this deck, and I'm yada yada. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't a, talk to you. I've got a Charizard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, no, mine's Xbox-related because for my 360, I thought it was broken. Or no, I thought it's, a, it's AV cables, AC cables that were broken. I like plugged it in, oh, and I was no. like, they're not broken. They're so broken. Nothing works. And so I went out and I bought another set of cables and I plugged it in and I was like, these don't work. And I was like, "This." so the Xbox is broken. Holy shit, I just wasted money on these other cables. And then I realized, Stephen, that there's a little switch on the back between like standard definition and high definition. <laughs> and if they're on a high and you don't have a high def TV, they just don't show I anything. I feel like I might have done that too. Yeah. I remember being so like, the what cables the cables are the worst purchase? Yeah, the ca- I fair. mean, it was the, it's the dumb one I could think of. I was like, great, yeah. so now I'm going to do this. <laughs> oh fuck! I feel like I'm, I'm sure I had worst purchases. We'll more, think more of some, worser. but you know we're yeah. there. Uh, the best purchase we've ever made is this podcasting equipment because we speak into the universe and apparently people listen. So if you're still yeah. here at the end of this two and a half hour episode, thank you. And uh, you know we're spending this whole quarantine safely apart, but. Together, we're still a family. It's not social distancing; it's physical distancing. Mm-hmm. We still love you, but from a safe distance. So, uh, just like your parents. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that will do it for us today. I feel like I'm ramping into the end of a Steve Dangle <laughs> YouTube video. Click like if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really like it. Tell all your friends that the Two Guys One Cup podcast is here to survive the apocalypse. Thank you.